You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienicker. And Wheels, we have a guest today, our, a third judge for our uh, second bracket of uh, All Bracket Month here at 32 Fans. Jared Jerome is returning to the podcast. Jared, there's something I want to discuss. I don't know if we should discuss it before or after, because uh, after two hours of this uh, slop, I think I'll be a full inch taller. So should we discuss it at the end of the podcast? Yeah, I think we could save it for the end. I think that's fair. All right, so there's a little uh, tease. <laughs> tease? I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, Jared has a, a stupid human trick. With I, I have no verification of it, but he, but if, if true, it makes him like a like a savant or, or an idiot savant or, or some kind of savant. But yeah, let's okay. jump right in. I think people know what we're doing because uh, we posted uh, the bracket in the Facebook group. Uh, I have gone and ranked every single college that has ever had 15 players in the NBA. I've gone ahead and made like an all-star team for that team, and then I've gone ahead and ranked them. For the purpose of this bracket, we uh, cut the threshold a little bit higher. It's if you've had 30 players in the NBA, and there's exactly 48 teams that have done so. And so there's 48 teams that are in our bracket. It's like an NCAA bracket, but the top four seeds get a first-round bye. And we're going to be having them play each other. I don't know if we'll get through the whole thing today. We're going to try. Um, this might become a two-parter. We're going to have them play each other and determine which college's alumni would make the best NBA All-Star team. Makes. This is definitive. Yeah. It's this not is hypothetical. Definitive. Yeah. You know, so just a couple ground rules. So we're, you know, we've put together rosters. It's based on the totality of, of guys' careers. Obviously, there's guys who are amazing for a year or two and then fall off the map, but it, it's about the total of their career. And also, we're not. it's 2019, but we're trying to understand the, the total of NBA history here. Um, you know, every team is not going to be playing. For example, any team whose players are not modern, like active players, they're not going to have like three point shooting. And so if they were playing in 2019, they'd be in a lot of trouble. You know, guys who traditionally we think of as swingmen or nowadays would be like a stretch four. Um, so we're not we're trying to understand the totality of NBA history. We're trying to judge guys in the context of their era. You know, when George Mikan and Shaq meet uh, in this tournament, we're going to see them both as equivalent dominant big men, not the reality, which is that George Mikan would be broken in two and would, you know dead within 30 seconds okay so the era doesn't matter um we should also do this with because you said it's 2019 we should do this with women's and see like if uconn could put four different teams in the final four <laughs> yeah um the whole tournament yeah. would be well, well, well listen we have more brackets to come in a couple March. tennessee teams yeah so yeah so let's jump right in so the way it's going to work is uh, uh Wait, we'll list the matchups keith and i will argue do, sorry jared before you talk do, I talk just, jared. yeah i just want to I, I mean, you sort of set the ground rules there, but I just want to make sure I'm clear on it because I think I looked at it in a different way. 
Um, I know you have like kind of two ways. Either you have you have the kind of Chester ranking way of looking at players, which is like the totality of their careers. So like, would you rather have Kevin Willis's career, which is like twenty years mm-hmm. of a very solid player, or would you rather have Brandon yeah. Roy's career, who is like a very very good All Star level player? I mean, Jared, you listen to the show. You know who Chester would rather have. Well, I do. I know. I know. Chester I, loves would rather have twenty years of Kevin Willis right, than. And I, Right. Seven so years I, of Michael Jordan. I understand that, his, that, that that Kevin Willis would rank higher in his Chester rankings. Well, Kevin Willis also scored yeah. 20 points per game more times than Brandon Roy. I mean, like, it's a ridiculous... Well, again, the way it, for, the way we're looking at it is if... Yeah, so for the purpose of this tournament, each matchup is only one game. But try and think of it as if they're putting together a whole career. So if the, if the, if the UConn... If UConn is starting an NBA team and they are drafting a franchise, not to win one game, but to be competitive for the next several decades, who are they going to take? They're going to take Kevin Willis, who's right. going to be an all-star for three or four years and a starter for 15 years and a backup for five years over Brandon Roy, who will be an all-star for two years and then will be okay, retired so, uh, 26. Chester uh, and I also had a great – we had a great UConn <clears throat> fight that I believe completely got cut out of the yeah. last podcast. Yeah, right? but but you did convince me because, again, I, I was so on the borderline anyway. Uh, you convinced me, so I um, I put uh, your beloved uh, point guard in the starting lineup. Yeah, Chester did not have Kemba Walker you in, have the, in the, the UConn starting lineup, UConn. which was insane. Who'd you have? Well, they didn't have a point. So Kevin pro- Ollie. Well, no, no. The problem with with <laughs> the problem with UConn. He loves Kevin Ollie because Kelly Ollie played 13 right. years I, yeah, I and know. never I know started. That was routine. I know. Well, I, no, Kevin Ollie doesn't make this team. the The only point guard on the team is Kemba Walker, and so what I was proposing is Kemba Walker come in as the sixth man. Because, and then they start with Ray Allen and Rip Hamilton in the backcourt. I mean, Ray Allen can be yeah, a ball I mean, handler. Some of these teams are going to have to get away with things like that. I just want to go right. Yeah. Just, I just want to finish on the kind of methodology or the way that we're doing this. I filled out a bracket, and the way I was thinking about it was this is a – I mean, this is what it is. It's a bracket, right? So, like, this is like an NCAA tournament-type bracket or an NBA or whatever, so it's a, so it's a, which is a one-and-done thing. So, to me, I'm taking a player at his peak – in a one-and-done situation for that game. So I'm not taking, let's say, to give a better example, I'm not taking Kevin Willis over Bill Walton, for example. Bill Walton, a dominant, dominant player for, you know, two or three years and five or six mm, other not decent even. years. But at his peak no, for this game, he's Kevin Willis entire than Kevin yeah. Willis. So I'm going to pick Kevin Willis. Yeah. On Michigan State yeah. over him on uh, UCLA. No, you're not, but Chester will. Me and you will. will well, again, know, but first, let's talk about Bill Walton. We've talked about him before. He's the most overrated player in NBA history. He was not, for his career, which was only 400 games, he We're averaged... We're talking about Kevin Willis. We're not talking about Bill Walton versus... Or, excuse like, me, Bill uh, Walton. No, no, let's talk about Bill Walton. Yeah, Bill Walton, for his career, only averaged 13 and 10. And he only played 400 games. So it's not like, oh, he was really good and then he got injured. He was very bad. He had one good season. And that season, he averaged 18 and 14, was completely overrated. He had one season. The next year, he played 50 games. And then he did nothing else. Let's talk about practical, actual examples. Let's talk about, like, the Kansas team or the Kentucky team. Because those are teams. Go uh, ahead. Okay, let's talk about uh, my most hated player in the NBA, Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins' peak was he scored 23 points a game a couple of years ago. Right. Right? If you're counting him as that, then you should say, well, he's got to be on this team. But Andrew Wiggins is not on the Kansas team because, you know, the, the totality of his career, he sucked. Or, or look at the Kentucky team where Carl Anthony Towns and DeMarcus Cousins are not starting on that team because, you know, they haven't been around the NBA long enough. They haven't had enough all-star seasons. They're on the team, but not on that team is Eric Bledsoe, Julius Randle, Devin Booker, Brandon Knight, Jamal Murray, De'Aaron Fox. All those guys could be one day, but right now they're behind Tayshaun Prince. Right, but I think it, who I, also, I, I, go ahead, Keith. Yeah. Go ahead, Keith. Well, I wasn't oh, saying I anything, thought... but I, I would like I would like to add that um, first of all, Chester, like, are you going to follow your own rankings always in in these 
uh, well, in these, well, in there's these new I'll answer for him. There's nuance to the team, so it's not just like you. I hope he's not just. Yeah, gonna... I think matchups matter right, a lot. Exactly. Like a yeah. team with no big men absolutely can't be Georgetown. See, there's no uh, way. Well, okay, so it's a great example because I went ahead just like Jared and I filled out this whole bracket already. And even though I've ranked all these teams, and in theory there's there's nothing to rank in terms of the bracket, I had four upsets in my bracket. I had four times where the lower right. ranked Good. team in my Good. power rankings mm-hmm. won because they have a better matchup against that specific opponent for one reason or another. Good. I see. That's why I think this. I think it ha- you have to find sort of a balance between. Yeah. The, so I'm no, not. I'm not saying I would pick. I would like Brandon Roy would shoot uh, Washington, who I don't even think is in the tournament, over you know Michigan State with Kevin Willis because he may have had two peak seasons better than Kevin Willis. I'm saying I think you have to take it all into account because as a bracket format, we are looking at a one done situation, and if we're looking at matchups. Right then, by definition, we're not looking at career achievements, right? So yeah. when you look at but yeah, you know, but the match so you can think, think of it as a matchup as a career long. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Um, Washington, by the way, is in the tournament. Brandon Roy is their starting shooting guard. Okay. Um, ah. They have a Hall of Famer on their bench, Bob Hubergs, who so, uh, spoiler is, is alert, I don't have them winning yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, but not on that team. Markel Fultz, Marquise, Chris, well, Quincy Pondexter, Justin Holiday. Yeah, but they got a lot of young guys who are on the up and coming. Uh, although Marco Fultz might not be going anywhere, but I don't know if Fultz is going to yeah. make this team. Uh, Chester, are you going to uh, post a? You posted a blank bracket already, right in the group. Maybe I posted Twitter a blank bracket already. Yes, and we'll po- we'll share the rosters and the complete bracket after the podcast. You know, once mm-hmm. once fans have a chance to listen and incorporate uh, all the knowledge. So let's jump right in. We're going to start in the upper left-hand bracket. Oh, and just to explain why Jared's here, if Akiva and I disagree, Jared will be the third judge to decide who advances mm-hmm. in a matchup. So, all right, the first matchup we have, we have the eight seed against the nine seed in the upper left. We have Memphis against Florida State. So, Akiva, what's your initial uh, take on these two teams? Should I discuss the rosters? How do you want to do this? Yeah, uh, yeah. why don't you give us a br- very brief overview from sure. the first round of teams' rosters. Okay, so Memphis, uh, in the backcourt, they have Derrick Rose and Penny Hardaway, a couple of very solid guards. Uh, they have off the bench a couple of decent active guards in Will Barton and Tyreek Evans. Um, up front, they have uh, Larry Keenan, who is uh, the only uh, Chester top 250 all-time NBA player. Larry Keenan, who was a, a, a decent power forward, averaged 17-9 for a long time. And then uh, their center is Lorenzen Wright. So they have a solid starting lineup um, all the way across, I would say. Their bench gets pretty weak uh, pretty quickly. Um, so that's Memphis. Florida State, their opponent, on the other hand, uh, is... They have Dave Cowens, a Hall of Famer, the center for the Celtics, but um, they really don't have any other big men at all. Uh, they, they're starting a couple of small forwards, George McLeod and Al Thornton. Al Thornton, uh, you know, played less than 300 games, so their their front court is in a lot of trouble. Uh, on their bench, Jonathan Isaac on the Magic is their top. No, big no, off editor- the so they really, no editorializing in this part, right? Yeah, so they got they got no, <laughs> they got no front court, but their back court. Um, in addition to Dave Cowens, the Hall of Famer, they have Sam Cassell, who is one of the most underrated players of all time, in my opinion, and they have Bobby Sura off the bench. They have Charlie Ward, who can. Also Sura, by the, the way, a very underrated player, too. Yeah, Sura, not bad. Won a dunk contest, also was in a three-point contest. Uh, they have uh, Mitchell Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins' father, Charlie Ward, uh, as we said. Um, they got uh, Malik Beasley, another active guy on the Nuggets, is another guy on their bench. So uh, Florida State has the Hall of Famer at center and, and a, a, a should have been perennial all-star point guard, but uh, they're really weak other than those top two guys, whereas I think that Memphis has a little more depth all the way across the board. So, Keith, who do you have winning this 8-9 matchup? Well, I think like a lot of basketball matchups, the, the team with the best player wins. Now, that's not such an easy question to answer here because, because while Dave Cowens had the best career – Memphis has two really fascinating guys who, at their peak, were incredible players who both suffered injuries. It's funny that they're such similar players that happen to be 
both yeah. Memphis grads. I think it was Memphis State when Penny yeah, went Yeah, it was. Although yeah. I, I watched Blue Chips. I thought Memphis, I thought Penny went to... I think uh, it was 94. I, I think it was 94 when they switched to Memphis, like a year or two after Penny well, do, left. What was the college from Blue Chips? Chester, you ever East, seen Blue Chips? Eastern, yes, but Eastern I don't remember. something. Eastern something. something. Yeah. yeah. Very generic. Uh, Memphis's bench is really useless after Tyreek Evans and Will Barton. But it's like, much better than Florida get, State's bench. It's dramatically better. But it's a one-out game. This is the NCAA tournament, so you could easily get by with seven. This isn't a best of seven, right? But but that's the point. Like, there's Memphis's Florida State's one and two are better, but Memphis's three yeah. through seven are way better. And like you said, one, right, the best McLeod player can win. should not be starting in this tournament. I agree. You, hold on, Akiva. I, I want to. I want to yeah. talk on something you said. You said the best. The best player wins. I don't think that's true because a lot of teams like Gonzaga, which is not in this tournament, only sixteen guys. They have John Stockton, one of the greatest thirty players of all time. But then their second best player is like Ronnie Turioff. I mean, it will be Demontis. no. This is in a close game in the NBA. Frequently, the team with the best player ends up winning. Yeah, that, you know I'm, what? What? Hold on. But that's because every single player on both teams is an NBA player. The problem with a right. lot of these teams is like after their top two guys, they have guys who played a cup of coffee in the league. They don't have five yeah, NBA caliber players. So I, I think that's I, the challenge for I some of these. I think if these teams played, I just I, I think Memphis wins this game. I'm going to go with Memphis, but it's close. Okay, so I have it very close. Also, I have Memphis advancing. Uh, for those who want to know, I have Memphis ranked six spots higher in my overall ranking. So yes, Memphis wins. So we are in agreement there. So uh, now let's get to the five twelve matchup. NC State, and again, the way the seeding is done is based purely on how many <laughs> players they had in the NBA. Doesn't matter if their players are good or bad. So this is a matchup between a 5 and a 12, but like in the NCAA tournament where 12s win almost half the time, these teams are very evenly matched, mostly because NC State uh, sucks dis despite their seed. Uh, they have Tom Gugliotta starting in the front court along with Kenny Carr and Thurl Bailey. They have Hall of Famer David Thompson, who had a lot of potential, was a great dunker, but you know one of the weaker Hall of Famers in the NBA just because his career wasn't very long. And then Nate McMillan, the old uh, Seattle uh, player and coach at point guard. And you're like, well, um, who do they have off the bench? They have Spud Webb. Vinny Del Negro, so they have a little bit of uh, offense in the backcourt, not a lot of defense there. And uh, they don't really have – the only center on the team is Tom Burleson, who uh, did not do much, which is why Gugliotta is starting at center. So NC State, uh, not a typical five seed. Uh, Oregon, though, is, uh, is, is, is a 12 seed, so they just barely scratch in the tournament. They have 30 players. They're probably their, their, their most famous player for sure is Terrell Brandon at point guard. And then on the bench, they have a ton of point guards, Luke Ridnauer, Aaron Brooks, um, but they also have uh, St Steve Snapper-Jones, who used to be an announcer on NBC in like the late 90s for the NBA, but played in the ABA back in the day. Uh, he's a decent shooting guard. Um, they really have a lot of trouble up front, though, also. They only have one center on their team. It's Blair Rasmussen, who uh, played 500 games and averaged uh, 9 He was a six. white stiff, yeah, right? Well, exactly what I was the well, hold on. But he averaged 10 and so 6. Many of those, so it's funny it's there were so many of those guys. Yeah. They're, they're really almost <laughs> gone. Know, yeah. But I guess just the idea of, I guess the, idea of the uh of like the seven foot one uh, white, like just big, you know, of any type, big man who doesn't shoot threes or doesn't take long twos, at least, is, is really out of the end. Yeah, by the way, fun fact Oregon's last guy on their bench is Stan Love, Kevin Love's father. So, yeah. All right, so who I do you have winning is, this matchup? It's an underwhelming matchup, but, and by the way, if, uh, if, if Jared really disagrees with us, he is also welcome, even if we both agree, like he can sort of, if he wants to just briefly no, he, chime well, in and say, well, he can chime in, but it's Jared really is only matter. allowed to talk, you're saying, if it's two nothing? Uh, but yeah. I'm going to go with NC State. NC State has like N uh, like NBA starting cat. Like Gugliotta is an underrated player. David Thompson is a good player. Even Spud Webb was pretty useful. I was always a Vinny Del Negro guy. Thurl, Thurl Bailey had his moments, and Nate McMillan was very good. Um, yeah, Thurl Bailey so, was like yeah. in those early '90s Jazz. Thurl Bailey was a very underrated third best guy in those teams. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, he could have been your third best guy on a playoff team for yeah, sure. So um, NC State advances. NC State. All right. Um, now we have Marquette. I, I had, just for the record, I had M I had Memphis and NC State also, so it was three nothing in those two matchups. 
Yeah. All right. So a uh, really helpful contribution there, Terry. <laughs> well, listen, I put some thought into it. I, the people need to know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Now we have the 6-11 matchup, Marquette against Utah. This is the least close of the matchups we've done so far, uh, in my opinion. Marquette has a... Um, has obviously they have a uh, Dwayne Wade, but they also have Jimmy Butler. So they have a couple of guys who uh, did not get along very well on the Chicago Bulls. Um, they're starting at the swingman positions. They have Maurice Lucas, who was the second best player on that Trailblazers team with Bill Walton that won the title in '78. He's starting at power forward. They have Jim Jones at center, who uh, you know underrated guy, averaged 13 and eight over 800 games. Doc Rivers is the starting point guard and can probably be the coach as well. And off the bench, they have a couple of active guys. They have Wesley Matthews and Jay Crowder. So Marquette, to me, is a very solid team. They're a team that could you know, win a couple games in this tournament. Utah, they have uh, Andrew Bogut, who's uh, back in the NBA, apparently. Tom Chambers is, uh, their, is probably their most uh, important uh, scorer. He averaged 18 and 6, played a long time, put up a lot of numbers in the, in the 80s and 90s for the Suns and other teams. Keith Van Horn also starting. So a decent front court. And Andre Miller at point guard. Andre Miller... Uh, my my probably my nominee for the best player in the NBA history to never make an All Star team. Very very good player. Mm-hmm. Played forever. Yeah. The professor. But um, other than that, it, it it falls off pretty fast. Kyle Kuzma is like their first guy off their bench, and he hasn't even played two full seasons, and he's injured right now. So mm-hmm. uh, Utah really uh, does does not have the depth I think to uh, compete. So I have Marquette advancing very easily here. I have Marquette. Utah's kind of a good team. I think Utah might have actually won, uh, you know, if it, it was in the last game's matchup. If there was some yeah. sort of oh, I have matchup. Utah better than the other four teams we've mentioned so right. far. Yeah, Utah's but, good. But Utah's Marquette's actually really good. Obviously, everybody. it's a yeah. weird team with a bunch of white dudes um, or, or uh, Australians in Bogut's case. But um, why did Kuzma go to Utah? Kuzma wasn't <laughs> like he was a good player. He wasn't highly recruited at all, Kuzma. I guess. He, I mean, clearly, he, but he like he played three years in college, and then he was, as you know, he was like the twenty-seventh pick in the draft. Just go to like UNLV and have fun at least. Why would you go to Utah? He may not, you know, because he may not have had level. the opportunity. That's my point. He was not like a highly yeah, but that's player that's a lower school. level school that, than Utah even. Oh, anyway, he did, he was he wasn't um he didn't grow up in Utah, right? I'm not sure. That I don't know. Okay. Uh, all right, yeah, but I got that. No disagreements yeah, here. Just, all right, I, no disagreements I just yet. I want to say Utah, yeah. like Keith, Keith mentioned it. Like you made it, this was a blowout because Marquette happens to have an excellent team, but Utah's not a bad team considering some of the other teams here, especially for an eleven, no, especially for an eleven seed. You got some good players there, but yeah, it's an easy Marquette win. Yep. Yeah. All right, so now let's go to the seven ten, the last first round matchup in uh, in this regional. Georgia Tech is the seven. Iowa's the ten. This matchup is similar to the one we just did in that Iowa's better than most of the teams we've mentioned, but Georgia Tech is much better. Georgia Tech starts um, Mark Price and Stefan Marbury, two perennial all-stars in the backcourt. Chris Bosh, a future Hall of Famer, is their starting center. And they have two active, uh, very solid players as their forwards, Derek Favors and Thaddeus Young. So very solid across the line in their starting lineup. And on the bench, they have Kenny Anderson, who was uh, you know, a very good starting point guard for a long time. They have Jarrett Jack, who can come in and put up some instant offense. They have Matt Harpering, Dennis Scott. They got a lot of shooting. Uh, John Sally, who will uh, hang around and tell funny stories. So I, I think Georgia Tech is a very solid team and uh, could uh, make a little damage in this tournament, especially because uh, the, the, the next matchup for them, if they win this one, is, is uh, pretty easy, as we'll get to. And uh, they're facing Iowa. Iowa's one of these, like, all, all the Big Ten schools made this tournament. And um, it's actually funny. Iowa and Iowa State are almost Northwestern exactly made the tournament. No, not not Northwestern. Northwestern's best player is Evan Eshmeyer. They did not make the tournament. But <laughs> yeah, so why do you say all the Big well, Ten teams? Practically all. But um, Rutgers but I, didn't make it. Yeah. I know you don't consider them a Big Ten team yet. Who? Yeah. Uh, yes, I. Purdue know. made but, it, right? Rutgers isn't a Big yes. Ten team, really. 
Yeah, Rutgers is not a Big Ten. I'm talking about the traditional Big Ten, you know, the old football okay. schools. So anyway, so Iowa has Connie Hawkins, a Hall of Famer who had a lot of trouble off the court. Um, mm-hmm. He's like he's like a small forward, but he's playing in the middle for this team because they really don't have any big men. It's him and Don Nelson, who, uh, you know, smoking weed in Hawaii. He's got to get back on the court. A uh, lot of titles for him uh, as a Celtic in the 60s. The two of them are playing in the front court. So how they're going to stop Chris Bosh and everybody else, I have no idea. And then their starting backcourt is uh, Fred Brown, downtown Fred Brown, and B.J. Armstrong, who uh, made an all-star That's team when Michael Jordan was playing baseball. Court. That is a good shooting backcourt. Yeah, but P.J. Armstrong's a guy who averaged nine points a game for his career. They have Ricky Davis, who's probably going to you know, be bad for the locker room. He's their sixth man. So this is not a team, I think, that has any ch- – I mean, they're not a terrible team. They have a Hall of Famer, yeah, but they have Evan, no chance. Rebounds are extraordinaire. Yeah, he's off the bench. Extraordinary. I don't know about that, but well, yeah, seven re- rebounds. I think oh, Price and Marbury is a wacky. How do you think Price and Marbury are going to get along? I think Price, Marbury, and Bosch is a, is you know a really good core. Yeah, those those are three like Tech's you know perennial all star type players. So Georgia Tech advances easily, this is right? A clear Georgia Tech, but I just want to say note. I know Chris Bosch is there, but he's kind of a soft big man. It's a that's a yeah. guard, as we know, famously Georgia Tech always has the great point guards and everything. That's a team that does not have a lot of rebounding in size. As we look down, you know, we'll get to it later. But, you know, yeah. Derek but their, fa- ne- Derek their next matchup's pretty bang, easy. And Thaddeus Young is also a rough player. But we'll see. But uh, yeah, they beat this. They, they win in this matchup for sure. Two, All two right, Keith. Do we go over to the top right or do we go down to the bottom left? Do we, do we have names for these regions also? But you, where are we going next? Call Keith? the Duke region or the UCLA region or the UNC. Yeah. yeah, I think you should call them the region of the one seed, Kentucky, right. Duke, UCLA. Okay, yeah. so are we going to Duke or are we going to UCLA? Well, let's go. What's next on your sheet? Uh, let's just go to Duke because it's next to it on so the sheet. There's two people right. that think okay. alike here. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. I'm looking at a different sheet than you. It's guys. funny because right. everything you ever say to Chester. By, by the way, this is going to blow people's minds. Chester's called Mr. Excel, Mr. Google Doc. You ever use Google Docs, Jared? Rarely. I had to con- I had to tell Chester today how to, how to go back to an old version of a Google Doc just to, um, you know. Yeah, oh, because you let someone mess it up. But all right, okay. So let's get to the, here. We got Purdue against uh, we got Purdue against Houston in an eight nine matchup. This is a route. I don't even think we need to discuss it. Uh, Purdue has has more players in the NBA than Houston, so they are the eight seed. Um, but they um and they have some decent players. Glenn Robinson, you know, uh, from the Bucks in the '90s, he's their leading scorer. They have Joe Bear that cares, Joe Barry Carroll up front, along with Brad Miller, who was a very underrated player for the Pacers and the Kings for a long time. Their backcourt is uh, much weaker. You know, Bill Keller is their starting point guard, and Kyle Macy is their first point guard off the bench. Um, so you know, not the worst team in the world. But the problem is that they're playing Houston, who's only had 34 players. But um, th- their their starting front court is three of the top forty players of all time: Akeem Olajuwon and Elvin Hayes, and then Clyde Drexler. So you mm-hmm. know we don't even need to discuss the rest of the Houston team because they're going to win, and we'll discuss it in the future. So let's just say Houston's advancing and save time, right? Let's just say eighty-one forty-five yes, Houston. I agree. Too bad we couldn't Houston. get both Glenn Robinsons on the Purdue team, though. That would have been nice. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that's true. Glenn Robinson Jr. Uh, has not made it yet, but he might. He has a chance. All right. Now let's get to uh, a border battle: Illinois against Missouri. Uh, in the five twelve here, Missouri, one of the weakest teams in this tournament, I think. Um, you know, they really they 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 itch they they sneak their way in with thirty one guys, but their best player is Larry Drew. Their second best player is probably Damari Carroll. So you know, yeah. they're they're really not a much of a yeah. Who contender. are they giving the ball to in crunch time? Jordan Clarkson. I don't. It's not. Yeah, a Jordan Clarkson off the bench probably their sixth man probably gonna be their leading scorer. Illinois has you know a lot of interesting pieces. They have a Red Kerr who was a very solid center, a borderline Hall of Fame player in like the 50s and 60s. 
They have Eddie Johnson, who played forever in the 80s and 90s and, you know, played 1,200 games, averaged 16 points a game. So they don't have a lot of bigs. So Eddie Johnson is – they're basically starting four guards. Eddie Johnson, Donnie Freeman, who was good in the ABA. Uh, Darren Williams, who once upon a time was as good as Chris Paul. And Derek Harper, who played forever in the 80s and 90s and was a very solid all-star type point guard for a long time. Off the bench, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, uh, Hall yeah, of Yeah, they're really Andy strong Phillip. with guards. They could really yeah. go to a four-guard lineup against a small team. Yeah, and but, but again, but Red Kerr is a solid guy in the middle <laughs> relative to yeah. his era. Simil- so, similar mm-hmm. to that good um, – um, Illinois, the actual Illinois team from I don't know what it was now. Like the team, yeah, yeah, with, with Darren, Darren Williams and, and T.J. Ford. Yeah. And, Scoon, yeah. yeah, they had a bunch of guards on yeah. that team. No, T.J. Ford went to Texas. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was Sco- wasn't it Scooney Scooney Williams or something like that? No, who is that little name? point guard no. played with him? Uh, he looked like T.J. Augustine, maybe. Did D.J. Augustine play with? Uh, played but yeah, they had like a three guard lineman that they made it to like a, the Elite mm-hmm. Eight or something. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so Illinois is going to advance. They're going to have a, a, a Big Ten rival, and they're going to be a big underdog in the next round. But all right, the next one we have the uh, the six seed USC against the eleven seed Iowa State. Iowa State is um, in a lot of trouble here. I think uh, USC has quite 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 a good team, in my opinion. They have first of all, they have Hall of Famer Bill Sharman from the '60 Celtics, a shooting guard. Uh, starting a lot, they got. I mean, let me put it this way: they have Bill Sharman and Demar Derozan starting at shooting guard and small forward. And then off the bench, they have Paul Westfall, who made like five NBA All-NBA teams as their sixth man. So they got a ton of great guards. Starting at point guard is Gus Williams. Off the bench, a point guard is Matt Kelvin. So, I mean, those are five guards that would be starting for just about any team in this tournament. Uh, up front, they're not as good. They have Clifford Robinson, who Akiva uh, did not know not last week was a different player than Clifford Robinson. Uh, they have Vucevic, who's uh, only improving, obviously, as time goes on. So they ha- And then they have Taj Gibson off the bench, also another big. So USC is well-balanced a very solid team. team. Very well-balanced team. Yes, exactly. And Iowa State, uh, unfortunately, if Iowa and Iowa State could combine, well, they still wouldn't be very good. Because Iowa State's best player is Jeff Hornacek, who, very good player. But their second best player is who? Like Jamal Tinsley, I think. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So, Iowa State, uh, Keith, you agree. Uh, this is a qu- uh, quick work for uh, USC, right? Yeah, I agree. Yes. Did we lose, Keith? Oh, not again. His internet goes out every five minutes, and then he blames me some for some reason. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm making an executive decision here. Uh, we're all recording our own audio. So, uh, Jared, you're going to step in, and you're going to replace Keith. Good, because so far which, every match which, which you would anyway. nothing uh, victory, so I yeah. haven't had much to have There has not been a lot of drama yet. Right. But uh, So let's get to the 7-10 here. This, to me, is the closest matchup in all of the first round across both sides of the bracket. Cal and Texas. Very, very close matchup. Both teams have a lot of good players. So uh, are we starting with Cal? Uh, let's start with Cal. They have... Uh, Cal is, uh, you know, has two Hall of Fame caliber point guards who both played for the Suns, Kevin Johnson and Jason Kidd. So those guys are both in the starting lineup. Um, that is a that is as good a backcourt as you're going to find in this tournament, I think. Except that uh, it's not a perfectly fit backcourt. I mean, you're talking about two pure point guards there, but two well, great, but Kidd is six four and was a great defensive player. And I who, mean, Kidd can guard most sh- shooting guards, I think. And who later learned to shoot, obviously, the three off the balls yeah. in the second half of his career. But yeah, yeah. I think the problem is that you know they're not very big. So their starting shooting guard, uh, Phil Chenier, who um, th- you know, 17 points a game, solid player. But they're starting him at the three. They're starting Ryan Anderson, who's a stretch four yeah. at the four yeah. and then they're forced to start Sharif Abdurrahim in the middle right. Sharif Abdurrahim you know put up a lot of points for a long time but is certainly not a center in today's day so, and age he'd be a, he'd be a small ball five he would Sharif but you're right it's not a it's not an over yeah big so so but but I mean those guards are really really good and so um I think that that makes them a, a very formidable opponent Hello. Texas however has uh, Kevin Durant who's uh, even better than uh you know 
the, you know, the best player on on um, their opponent, which is uh, obviously Jason Hello. Kidd. Right. They also have Lamarcus Aldridge, right. who's another future Hall of Famer. They have they're also starting two point guards. Slater Martin, who was on the Minneapolis Lakers in the fifties. I have him Hall starting. Famer. Can you explain that one to me? Yeah, because he made the All Star team every year. Because in the fifties, there were like no good guards. Yeah, I mean, but he didn't even so. have numbers or anything. I mean, I, I don't even. Yeah. Yeah, he averaged 10, 3, and 4, which uh, were numbers in 1948, apparently. But, yeah. And Johnny Moore, a uh, longtime point guard for the Spurs, I think. Uh, if Keeve was here, he could tell us about that. Uh, so, I'm this is a very close... And we lose Keeve. <laughs> yeah, no, this is a great matchup, I think. I think that I think that Texas has the more top-line talent, because Kevin Durant and LaMarcus Aldridge, like, who is going to stop those two? Right. But KJ and Jason Kidd are going to outplay Johnny Moore and Slater Martin, um, you know, I think, I, by the way, Jared Allen will be on this team in a couple of years for Texas. Hasn't quite made it yet. But they, Jared, most of Texas's team is active guys. So Texas is a team that's getting better. Whereas Cal, yeah, I don't know how much, yeah. you know, Jalen Brown could improve. Turner, who's a guy who's an active guy who could become something. You know, P.J. Yeah. Tucker, an excellent defensive guy in the wing. So, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to give this to Texas just because I think the scoring of, of Durant and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is going to be too much for uh, for Cal to stop. But I think this is close. Where Which way are you going? I went actually with. Uh, Cal because I like their balance better. So I agree they have. I agree that Texas has a couple big guys. See, well, Durant isn't really a big guy. Obviously, he's six eleven, but he's not a big guy in terms of he's not going to like pound the boards and like you know they can he can be handled. I mean, he can't be handled because he's Kevin Durant, but he can be handled in terms of his size. So to to me, he's not a big guy that they can't handle. The firepower and kind of the small ball style that I think Cal, the quick pace that they could play, they could turn it into kind of like, you know, the Phoenix Sun seven seconds or less type of thing with KJ, Jason Kidd. Phil Chenier is an, I mean, most people probably don't know who he is. He's a guy who like averaged 20 points a game a few times, had a short career. Yeah. And I pronounced so, his name wrong, I think. Unless you're pronouncing Maybe. it wrong. And, I don't know. Uh, Ryan, One of us and, is pronouncing and, and it Talking wrong. about spreading things out, Ryan Anderson shoots from 28 feet. You know what I mean? So this is a team that I think in today's day and age, and that's when the game is being played, as we said in the beginning of the of the podcast, is a really tough team for, for – who the heck is LaMarcus, LaMarcus Aldridge is stuck, on, is stuck on Sharif Abdurrahim. Very similar type players in my opinion. And then you have – I mean that that's deeply insulting to LaMarcus Aldridge who's headed to the Hall of Fame. They're very similar kind of players. A couple of 6'10 bangers, yeah. solid, powerful. Sharif Abdurrahim got killed because he was on losing teams. Doesn't mean he wasn't a good player. He could have just been on bad teams. Mm. He was drafted by you know the Vancouver nah, he, Grizzlies. He is, he is the – Prototypical example of a good stats. He's the bad prototypical team. example, but we don't know for a fact that if he was on a good team, he couldn't have been a winning player, right? Mm, he was a very talented yeah. player. That's my point. So yeah. I'm saying I don't know that Lamarcus Aldridge is that much more talented than Sharif Abdurrahim. And then you just spread it out with Kid KJ running the show. KJ is a guy people don't realize. Maybe they do, but like he was a guy who's averaging like ten assists a game a bunch of years in a row on those Suns teams and super athletic guy. We said we talked. Everyone knows about Jason Kidd. Shanier we talked about. Anyway, it's close. I, was, I mean, Jalen Brown they have coming off the bench, a good defensive All right, wing. Let's, let, let's save this one because we're going to need Keeve as a tiebreaker, and we don't even know where Thank he you. is. Thank but um, let's – okay, so let's go to UCLA's bracket, the upper right. Washington and DePaul, an 8-9 matchup. Washington, not a terrible uh, 8 seed. That You know, they're about that close in my rankings. I'd probably make him a 9 or a 10, pretty close. But DePaul is going to blow them out of the water. Washington has uh, Detlef Schrempf and Brandon Roy and Isaiah Thomas. So those are three very solid players. Uh, they have James Edwards, uh, starting center. They have Nate Robinson off the bench, point guard. Um, not a bad team. Yeah. But DePaul, 
has four starters who are in my all-time top 50, top 150, excuse me. They have Hall of Famer George Mikan, you know, the first dominant NBA player. And they have Terry Cummings, who, uh, you know, played forever in, in the 80s and 90s, was a very solid, uh, you know, power forward for a long time. And in the backcourt, they have Rod Strickland, who uh, is also one of the uh, best players to never make an all-star team, in my opinion. And they have Mark Aguirre, who's, who averaged 20 points a game over quite a long career uh, and, uh, you know, played for a lot of good teams, a lot of not-so-good teams as well. So to me, DePaul with, you know, has solid players in the front court, solid players in the backcourt. Uh, they're blowing Washington out of the water. Yeah, no question. No question. Yeah, all right, so... Um, yeah, we'll talk about DePaul a little bit more as they advance, uh, or if they advance, because their next opponent is a doozy. Now we get the 5-12 matchup, Georgetown against Providence. Uh, there are some places where the 12 seed can pull an upset. This is not one of them. Uh, you know, I don't even think we need to waste any time here, but you know, out of respect, we'll at least mention Providence very, very briefly. I don't know if we have any Providence alumni who are listeners, but uh, Providence has Otis Thorpe. Wait a second. And, you, uh, wait, hold on one second. Did you jump to a different bracket? Because I'm, I'm losing you here for a second in terms of... No, we have Georgetown against Providence in the 5-12 match. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, we're, well, we moved to the UCLA bracket. Okay, I missed that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> yeah, so we, oh, okay, Keith. So we're back. Uh, Jared stepped in ably for you. We have one tie in the closest mm-hmm. first-round matchup. So when we, okay. well, we'll, we'll come back to it when we get there, and then you'll pick a sure, winner. Sure, okay. All right, but right now we're talking about um, Providence is a guinea pig against Georgetown. Providence, not a terrible team. They have Hall of Famer Lenny Wilkins as their point guard slash player coach. They have Jimmy Walker, uh, the father of Jalen Rose. It's shooting guard. They have marvelous Marvin Barnes, uh, who was a weird guy who played in the ABA, and they have Otis Thorpe in the front court. So Providence is not a terrible team at all. The problem is Georgetown, despite being a five seed, is one of the top contenders to win this entire tournament. Yeah. You know, obviously they're famous for Dikembe Mutombo, Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, but they also uh, they also have Allen Iverson and Sleepy Floyd, so they also have a good backcourt. So we're going to discuss Georgetown more. Easy win for Georgetown. Uh, no reason to spend too much time talking about them right now. Yeah, bl- Let's jump yeah. to the uh, six. Yeah. Go ahead, Jared. Yeah, blowout for Georgetown. No, no, no need to yeah. discuss. Yes. All right, <clears throat> uh, the six eleven is UNLV against Arkansas. This is, I think, is a pretty close matchup. Arkansas has, you know, obviously they had that famous team in 94 that went to the Final Four with Corliss Williamson and all those guys. Um, they also have Joe Johnson, who, uh, you know, has made a bunch of all streams he didn't deserve. And their backcourt, they have a couple of excellent backcourt players who are both, you know, defensive player of the year type guys in Elvin Robertson and Sidney Moncrief. So those guys both can score, you know, 20 points anytime you need, but they also play excellent, excellent defense. So I think Arkansas really has a solid lineup. Uh, they have Patrick Beverly off the bench if you're looking for an active player. They have uh, the big, fat Oliver Miller off the bench as well. So Arkansas, not, not a bad team, but uh, UNLV has my – probably the first player that I really loved was <laughs> was J.R. Ryder, Isaiah Ryder. He's their sixth man. They have uh, a well, lot of talent you have in their. Why have J.R. Ryder as a starter? To me, he's a clear. He's the clear starting shooting guard for UN. I mean, we can. You had Ricky. You have Ricky Sobers ahead of J.R. Ryder, a shooting guard. Well, uh, Ricky Sobers was you know b- was before our time, whereas we remember J.R. Ryder. But even but, look at the um, numbers. J.R. Ryder is seventeen a game. Sobers is thirteen point three. Uh, well, because Sobers played like P.E.R. Sobers' career was forty percent longer, right. and so you know the, the tail end of his career, he lowers his averages. But you know his win shares is almost double because J.R. Ryder was a loser, honestly. Um, but yeah, UNLV has Larry Johnson, Grandmama, and Sean Marion, two very good power forwards. Sean Marion, one of the most underrated players of all time. Uh, I think is like borderline Hall of Fame contention, or should be, but won't be. Uh, they have they've Armand Gilliam also as the starting center, and they have Reggie Theus, 
a weird guy who played for a bunch of losers forever. Right. I actually met Reggie Theus uh, when he was an assistant coach uh, when I was in law school. He was in Boston. I think he was on the Timberwolves as an assistant coach, and they were playing the Celtics. I ran into him at a bar, uh, which is random. But uh, Reggie Theus played for a long, long time and uh, had put up some nice numbers. Underrated they have player. Stacey Ogman. Underrated yeah. Stacey Ogman, Greg Anthony. Th- this team has – UNLV has a lot of guys who like played a long time and had solid NBA careers. So, Akiva, you're back. Who are you advancing between UNLV and Arkansas? See, uh, Chester doesn't remember because uh, he started following sports four years ago, like <laughs> when UNLV was the biggest thing in basketball. Jared might remember. Um, UNLV but it's was cool the biggest thing a lot in of those guys 20, were, uh, 27 years ago, not four years ago. <laughs> I know. I'm saying Chester started following four years ago, so he oh, definitely he wouldn't remember. remember that. That are, you, are you like Donald Trump? You now just transplant your weaknesses on other people now? <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, it is fun seeing some of the sa- the whole crew with Augman and Anthony. It, of course, it's sad that the best player on those teams, Anderson who Chester Hunt? was. Oh, I was I, I was gonna I was excited for oh, Chester sorry, to not sorry, know who sorry, I was sorry, gonna say. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, Anderson Hunt, who I don't believe ever played a game in the NBA, which was understood. He wasn't drafted. He was he was undersized, but he was the star of those of those teams. Even though they had several NBA, you know, All Star level players on there. Uh, so it's an interesting team because they don't have a super duper star. Larry Johnson was a good player, UNLV. Um. And uh, who's their matchup? They, Arkansas, UNLV. Right. And it's listening. funny because then Arkansas was also the, it was like, you know, they won a championship in the early 90s. They're pretty much irrelevant now and have been. But they've also thrown a couple good players in, like Joe Johnson, Patrick Beverly. I think I'm going to have, it's crazy, but I think, it, uh, you know, Corliss Williamson w- is famous for being a college player, but had an okay NBA career very quietly, eh, right? Eh. Timberwolf? I, it's real. This is really close. Don't, don't think. Yeah. Would you pick Chester? Don't think of Corliss Williamson as the college superstar he was. Think of him as the NBA player, which was a very mediocre bench kind of. Yeah, guy. mediocre. But that's uh, all that's we not, need right that's now. Not They're fair. not playing George. He, yeah, I, you know, he, he had a solid career. Yeah, I'm he not, played I'm over not 800 he's games. A bum, but I feel like I'm just warning Keith. Not we to just called him mediocre. But, well, you know, Johnson, mediocre Moncrief, and Robertson. Is average, which is what he was. Johnson, Moncrief, and Robert, Robertson is this, is like a serious trio of of sort of guards. Before and wings. we say the winner, I just want to point something out. What is the if I give you the over under in this game at let's say uh, 106? What are you taking? Mm-hmm. Look at the defensive <laughs> players. On Sid- yeah, Sidney it's a lo- everyone. Ha- every player is a good Sidney defense. Sidney is one of defender, the all-time yes. great defending guards in history. Yeah. Yeah. And Alvin Robertson Alvin also. Robertson also used to lead the league in steals every year. He averaged like yeah, four absolutely. steals. Look who's on their bench. Marion on his Beverly, best day. Was, the defensive pest guard yeah. is on their bench. And then you go up. Yeah, to, a lot of defenders. It's, it's like a, it's like an all-defensive team. These two teams. Then you go up to Stacy Ogman. Right, you go up exactly. You go up to UNLV. You have Greg Anthony was drafted strictly because he was a defensive point guard. Stacy Ogman, the plastic man, long arms before before that was fashionable. A great multi you know use defensive. Player. I can't imagine J.R. Ryder played defense once in his career though. Sean yeah, Marion, he did not. Sean Marion, another athletic defensive player. I mean, this is like an ugly, grinded out defensive battle. This game. It's a weird UNLV is a weird team because they have a lot of positionless guys. Like guys that even who were good players in the NBA never really found a position. Now it doesn't matter, but in the 1990s they were, you know, they were incredibly religious about what position you played. Right. Um, right. It's really close. I mean, I think the big difference here is like on Sean Marion's best day, 
he was probably the best player in this game. Yeah, but Sean Marion right? is but Sean how, Marion isn't, how much of the Sean bad Marion are you getting Sean, is the question. Sean Marion is not the kind of guy that can carry a team to a victory. So even if that's true, I know. He, really it's Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson, when he was yeah. Grandma Ma, was a dominant player. Hold on a second. Jared, we're not supposed to hear from you until it's a tiebreaker. So, Keith, yeah. tell me who you no, have. No, but these are my thoughts, too. I'm, not, it's, it's I'm like, not picking a winner. I'm giving you some thoughts. Because Marion yeah. and LJ like got bad before they left, and you're getting part of their badness. Not just their, it's not like their prime year that we're using right well yeah. i'm thinking more in those i mean joe, joe john all right so keith who's your pick here i think i'm gonna go with the upset i think johnson moncrief and robertson is just a really good backcourt so you're picking i'm gonna pick arkansas, arkansas. yeah okay so i'm definitely picking unlv and uh let me explain why i think arkansas's for, uh, backcourt is better for sure but reggie theus and jr Ryder both scored more points per game than anybody on arkansas by the way so did larry johnson i mean unlv has much more scoring so Arkansas's backcourt is better, but UNLV also has a great backcourt. And UNLV's frontcourt blows Arkansas out of the water. You know who's starting center is for Arkansas? Joe Klein with his four points and four rebounds a game. Another, like, Arkansas has no frontcourt. Klein is yeah. an issue. No, they have no frontcourt whatsoever. And UNLV has Larry Johnson and Sean Marion, who are... You know, Sean Marion, is, as we said, he's the best player in this game uh, on either team. But Larry Johnson also is a guy who could do a little bit of everything and also put up 16 and 8... Uh, 16 and eight. Like, who's going to cover him? Corliss Williamson? Like, UNLV's front court is just going to demolish Arkansas. And Reggie Theus and J.R. Ryder and Ricky Sobers are still going to be pouring in buckets. You know, so Arkansas will, will hold them down, but nobody's going to score in Arkansas other than Joe Johnson. So I have UNLV winning. I don't think it's that close, but it, it's a good matchup. Yeah. I, so, Jared, you'll be the tiebreaker. I mean, J.R. Ryder and R Reggie Theus is a very good backcourt. Larry Johnson is the best player in the game. Sean Marion is a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy. Armin Gill Gilliam, solid center. I'm going UNLV. All right, so two to one, the the first uh, tiebreaker that we've had, although we do have one on the other side coming. You don't coming. want to jump back and, to uh, that before we carry on and see where... No, no we'll, we'll, no, we'll get there when we get to come back to that bracket. Okay. All right, now, there's not going to be a lot of drama here because Keith already said he's picking UConn to every, win every <laughs> battle. So UConn's against Florida in a 7-10. Uh, UConn obviously should not be a 7 seed. They should probably be a 3, but Florida should be a 4 or a 5 as well. So, Keith, we know you're going to pick UConn. Um, we're going to talk about UConn in their next matchup. So let me just talk about Florida for a second because they deserve a little bit of love. Al Horford and David Lee in the front court. Mike Miller, Bradley Beal, Jason Williams in the backcourt. They got Joakim Noah off the bench. They have uh, Vernon Maxwell off the bench. Hopefully he doesn't punch anybody in the stands. Neil well, they Walk. have three players right from the team that went back-to-back, -back, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, more. They have Corey Brewer also on the yeah, bench. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, that's what um, I was talking about. I was talking about Brewer, Noah, right. and Horford, who's right. the fourth guy. Yeah. Was, um, was David Lee not on that team? No, no, no. No, uh, okay. David Lee was not right, on this team. He's older than that. Okay, all right. So, yeah, so, so Florida, Florida's a very good team. Again, they're they're str they're strongest in the front court with Al Horford and David Lee, but uh, UConn, I admit, is going to win. So uh, we'll yeah, and no defense. Time. Lee and Miller and Bradley Beal, not a ton of defense. I'll tell you though, this is a, this um, is a pretty impressive seven ten matchup, and it's because these two. It teams, is. It's because of the coaches, right? So Jim before Jim Calhoun, UConn was literally nothing, right? And then yeah, Florida and was. Yeah, but those aren't the coaches in this tournament. Just to point out. Well. <laughs> <laughs> who are the coaches? No, are we the, the coaches? Co no, the coaches are, are NBA coaches who went to those schools. No, no, no. I'm saying like oh, okay. I'm saying because of the coaches in those. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's what created all these good that, players. It created yeah. good players, but they're but they're yeah. not high seeds because they don't have players going back to the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. All these guys are recent guys, so the talent is very good, but the seeding yeah. is very low. So anyway, it makes it an interesting kind of late late seed matchup. 
but yeah, I think all right. we all so agree. It's now UConn, let's go. Yeah. yeah, let's go to North Carolina, the uh, the last of the regions. Uh, the eight nine matchup is Tennessee against Temple. Temple, one of the weakest teams in this tournament. They have uh, a Hall of Famer from a long, long time ago at point guard, Guy Rogers. They have Eddie Jones as their best player. Uh, you know, starting at small forward. Uh, their front court is very weak. Mark Jackson, the other Mark Jackson who played like five minutes for the Warriors and the Timberwolves and some other teams, you know, ten years ago, is their starting center. Um, so they're not great. Tennessee has Bernard King at small forward, who uh, is better than Eddie Jones, the best player on Temple. And then they don't really have a point guard, but they have Dale Ellis and Allen Houston. So they got a lot of shooting. They have Red Robbins, who was a very, very good center in the early days of the NBA. They have Tobias Red Harris. Robbins. Yeah, they have Tobias Harris coming off the bench as their sixth man, and you know, in a couple of years, he'll. Uh, they probably need C.J. Watson to play point guard for them because I don't. Yeah, Ellis and Allen Houston can't handle the point. Unless Bernard. Yeah, C.J. Watson is the only C.J. Watson is the only true point guard on this roster. But, but it's, it's not much worth discussing here because they're still going to win. Like this is yeah. still a team. They have too much scoring. Dale Ellis was Dale Ellis would shoot twelve threes a game if he was in the NBA right now. Oh, like, for sure. Forget how good he was. Yeah. Dale Ellis was one of the best three point shooters ever, and Bernard King is is amazing. So, I mean, they're just demolished them. And don't forget Tobias, now let's get Tobias Harris, who you have off the bench because he doesn't have enough time. Yeah, he Tobias was... Harris is coming off the bench. He's too good. He would be the best player on Temple. Yeah, but he's not starting over Bernard King. No, no. So, yeah. No, no he yeah, doesn't but, need to start, but he... I mean, no, he but he's, start a, at, he, at, he at, a, yeah, he's on the court at crunch four time. instead of Red Robbins. That's all. I mean, he's bigger than the Temple guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a, all right. It's a so let's uh, strong tennis. All right. Now let's get to the best the best matchup uh, in the first round. This is a matchup that should have appeared. Uh, this is like when the Spurs played the Clippers in the first round of the NBA a couple years ago. This is a matchup we should see in the Sweet 16 or maybe even the Elite Eight. It's LSU, the five seed against Wake Forest, the 12 seed. Just uh, a great, great matchup here. Uh, we'll start with Wake Forest because they're definitely the underdog, even though they have two top 25 players all time, Tim Duncan and Chris Paul. They're also starting Jeff Teague and Josh Howard, Rodney Rogers, uh, you know, who uh, was on the Suns and a bunch of other teams uh, in like the 90s and the early aughts. They have Muggsy Bogues off the bench. So, you know, they don't really have any good uh, defensive shooting guard because Jeff Teague is starting at point guard along Chris Paul. And then Muggsy Bogues is the first point guard, is the first guard off the bench. Ish Smith is the next guard off the bench. Um, very, very good team. The problem is LSU has Shaq and Bob Pettit, arguably the greatest center, certainly the greatest center of our lives, and Bob Pettit, the greatest power forward pre-Duncan, and Duncan's not really a power forward, as Jared always likes to point out, and they have Pistol Pete Maravich, and they have Ben Simmons, and they have Mahmoud Abdurraouf, who was Chris Jackson when he was at LSU, but in the NBA is Mahmoud Abdurraouf. Just he, he those three Jack, Hall of Famers. He was Chris Jackson at LSU, too, at, uh, in the NBA yeah. for a couple years also. In fact, yeah. his here's, here's the Here's the problem. Best case scenario, Tim Duncan cancels out either Shaq or Bob Pettit. Best mm-hmm. case scenario. Rodney Rogers is covering the other one of those guys. Mm-hmm. So one of those guys is going to score 50 points, and um, Chris Paul, like he always does in the NBA, is going to be a playoff loser. So <laughs> Wake Forest, great team, but I mean, Wake Shaq Forest could have beaten almost every team we've mentioned so far, and get, somehow Wait, gets killed here. The only, yeah, the only teams that Wake Forest I think would not beat, probably that we've discussed, are Georgetown and UConn, and maybe Houston. No, they would beat UConn. I think they. I mean, Duncan's just so much better than anybody on UConn. You know, Duncan and Paul. Yeah. Uh, you Your loyalties are torn. That. Just, but yeah, just, but LSU is advancing. Just to be fair here for one second to Wake Forest, you said, um, you know, Tim Duncan's canceled out by canceled out by either, or maybe Tim Duncan can cancel out either Shaq or Bob Pettit. But then who's going to guard the other guy? But you forgot to mention that a guy you love, Chris Paul, who's shutting him down. So right. you, I mean, that, that's yeah. another. That's the part on the and and now and also you're talking about a great combination. 
of you know Chris Paul and Tim Duncan playing on the same team together. Uh, Chris, yeah, Chris Paul and Tim Duncan playing on the same. So in other words, it's not just two bigs that might get in each other's way like Shaq and Bob. Well, Patrick. but LSU also has Pete Maravich, who averaged twenty five points a game. I agree. It's a, it's, it's a win. Yeah. LSU's a monster. I just want to point out you left yeah. out that like who's taking. Yeah, if you know. if LSU does not have Pete Maravich, then they're in a little bit of trouble because then their starting guards are Mahmoud Abdurraouf and Frankie Bryan. Right. Or whatever. Although Ben Simmons, I guess, probably would you know slide down. Um, I, and obviously LSU is only going to get better as Ben Simmons plays in the NBA. But I guess we years. can't just erase Pistol P. Maravich, who averaged forty-four points a game as a collegiate. So I guess he does count, and LSU moves on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, now we have the six eleven matchup: Maryland against Stanford. Uh, Maryland is a is an ACC team, as far as I'm concerned, not a Big Ten team. Uh, Maryland has Buck Williams uh, starting at the front court along with Joe Smith. Joe Smith, uh, you know, famously drafted over KG and Rasheed Wallace and a bunch of other guys. Buck Williams, one of the most underrated players of all time to me, averaged 13 and 10 Hold and on. played Pause. forever. Keith, why is he one of the most underrated guys for Chester of all time? Buck Williams, because he played uh, 1,300 games. Bingo. <laughs> no, it's not because he played 1,300 games. It's because yeah. – yeah, well, he did but, average a double double for his career, even though he's he, a very like, yeah, solid, which is, he's a very solid rebounding big man. But he's not a great yeah, no, but, player. No, he, he wasn't. He averaged he, he averaged modern, eighteen and thirty. There's some, there's he was a perennial all star. He was is he, he was gonna, a perennial all star on some of these teams that have shooting fours. Okay. Like, no, but we're not Buck doing, Williams we're not doing that. that. Buck, we're not hold doing on that. a second. Buck Williams was a perennial all star in the 1980s. He put up eighteen and thirteen every single year. All right. It's not like, oh, he just played forever. He was an all-star year, 1982 all-star, 1983 all-star, 1986 all-star. And, you know, probably you should have made a couple mm-hmm. more than that. Yeah. Um, no, the problem is that he he's was obviously a good player. The, the problem is the Nets were terrible then. And then by the time he was in his 30s and he came to Portland, by then he was only putting up 10 and 10. So he was seen as more of a, you know, right. just more of a rebounder. Right. Although, you know, right. 10 and 10, not anything. I think, of him, Other I, than I Buck think Williams. of him like a, char- a little bit better Charles Oakley. That's how I think of him. You think that's crazy? No, because Oakley never scored 18 points a game. Agreed, and Buck Williams agreed, did it year agreed. after year. So that's why yeah. I said a little better. All right. So, anyway, so that's Rich Maryland. Rich Oakley. Right. Yeah. So they have Buck Williams and, jo- and Joe Wait, Smith. Maryland's a weird team because John Lucas is an underrated player, but they have a lot of guys who were who people thought would be like stars in, in the pros that weren't college like guys. Joe like Joe Smith. Smith Steve Francis. The first pick. Yeah. Steve yeah. Francis, who was great at a Steve time Francis, in, col- in the pros. And Walt Wizard Williams was, was an amazing college player who, who never Well, really hold on. Beat. Joe Smith was the number two pick in a better draft. Joe yeah. was, no, much Joe more Smith was the number one pick. Or number one pick, excuse me. Yeah, even in a better. But it yeah. wasn't a great. I don't draft. remember where the Wizard draft. was picked. Was Do you remember where the Wizard kidding? was picked? Jared? KG Rasheed Wallace. I mean, that was a great draft. Antonio McDice. Yeah. Darren, do you remember Jerry Stackhouse? Where the Wizard was picked. Chester doesn't know who. Who? Well, who, who, who Walt Williams. Yeah. Wait, who I can't. By the way, Walt Williams, another guy who in the modern NBA is shooting a million threes a game. Oh yeah, yeah. He was, and he's a six eight guard. He he would have been really good. He must have had real conditioning issues because he was too good to sort of burn out. All right, here's the problem. Stanford has uh, the Lopez brothers, uh, Brooke and Robin. Brooke is starting. Uh, Robin's coming off the Walt bench. Walt Williams, seventh overall pick in the 92 draft. I, I looked it up. So. Yeah, and by the way, he played a million years, so he wasn't never an NBA All-Star, but maybe I'm slightly underrating his... Uh yeah. You know, All right. Let's let's career. get to Stanford. So they got the Lopez brothers. They have two Hall of Famers who both retired. Uh, you know, when I think when Dwight Eisenhower was president, Jim Pollard, who was like the second best player on George Mikan's Lakers, and George Yardley. So you know, those two guys played forever ago, and, and they're star- And then they have Brevin Knight, who Brevin Knight was fantastic for Stanford. And he, he was like he dragged a garbage Stanford team deep into the NCAA tournament. I think in his senior year, if I recall correctly, he's starting at point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, was never as good in the NBA, but he averaged six assists a game, which is nothing to sneeze at. So Stanford, you know, they got those two Hall of Famers, and they have. Three guys in the Chester top 250, whereas Maryland only has one. But Maryland has, you know, three through nine on this team. Maryland is much, much better. So Maryland is definitely advancing over Stanford for yeah. me. 
Yeah. All right. So we got consensus there. And the very final matchup of uh, the first round of this tournament features the worst team in this tournament, Western Kentucky. Uh, how the hell Western Kentucky has had 32 players in the NBA? I don't know. If you weren't looking at this roster, Keith, could you name a single Western Kentucky alum? It's um, – I'm trying to think recently they had a player in the league, but that's well, about that, it. Well, I could think of two. One, the guy dominating the NBA right now who sort of doesn't count. And two – uh, well, who's dominating Lee. the NBA? Did Courtney Lee go there? I'm not looking at the roster. Courtney Lee is Western Kentucky. Right. Who's the other guy who's dominating the NBA? A little guy. He's the only active guy, guy on the guy roster. Named Mitch Robinson. Oh, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> but he never right, went. He never went. He never went. He. Uh, I don't know. What does that mean? He didn't go. He had all kinds. You know, he was like a top nine, top nine or ten recruit coming out of high school two years ago. Did he uh, never played a game at Western Kentucky. And then he, then he, he was recruited to all the big schools. I forgot who he agreed to go with, to go to. Maybe even been Kentucky. I'm not sure. Things fell through. He was having like off the court problems and things like that. So then he decided to go to, or he, then he committed to Western Kentucky and never played a game there and basically just worked out in the gym for. There's like highlights of him working in a gym, basically taking one dribble from one three from the op, the opposite three point line and dunking. I mean, he's like crazy videos he was taking as he worked out for the draft that ended up being a second round pick by the Knicks. But he he doesn't count, and I'm being sarcastic. We have jokes on some of our uh, some of my Nick fan friends about basically how he's like dominating the league right now. He's also a Chester special, uh, 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 a five man who roll you know the Clint Capellas of the world and the Tyson Chandlers and the DeAndre Jordans. Basically, the guy Chester thinks is the best player in the league. So. If he was in there, no, I, lo- I love Mitchell Robinson, and if he actually went to West Kentucky for even one day, <laughs> he would uh, be in the starting lineup because his team sucks. Courtney Lee, as you said, is uh, you know by far their career leader in games. Clem Haskins, the the great Gophers coach who uh, took them to the Final Four in '97, he's their starting point guard. They have Darrell Carrier, who scored 20 points a game for the ABA for like the Kentucky Colonels, but they really have nothing. No, they and have Cincinnati nothing. has a little guy named Oscar Robertson, another Hall of Famer named Jack Twyman, and then they have uh, Nick Van Exel starting at point guard. They have Kenyon Martin starting at power forward. You know, Kenyon Martin obviously was a great college player. Uh, you know, had a couple of great postseasons also for the Nets uh, in the NBA. So Cincinnati easily advances here, right, Keith? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, we have finished our first round, except for that one matchup, which we're going to hold off to until we get there. Um, let's uh, jump right into the second round. So, Keeve, any uh, any takeaways from our first round so far for you? Not a lot of drama so far. I mean, the real drama was the place that Keeve missed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I, I missed drama. By the way, just a correction. So the Illinois 05 team that we were talking about, the other guys, the other star players on the team were Luther Head, who surprisingly oh, played yeah. a lot. Right. He played like right. a lot of minutes for the Rockets uh, his first four years. And they had the a little point guard, for sure. D. Brown. There you go. The second you D. Go. Brown. You yes. Go. Oh, yeah. They yeah. also had James Augustine, Brian Randall, Roger Powell. All these guys, I think, had a cup of coffee in the NBA. All right, so let's jump right into the second round. Uh, we're going to start with an in-state rivalry, Kentucky against Memphis. Uh, uh, these two teams play don't like each other, uh, and uh, Kentucky is going to beat Memphis by 1,000 million points. Let's save talking about Kentucky for a game where it actually matters. Right? <laughs> There's no dispute mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. Can All I right, just so give one quick, easy. One, one quick parting shot on Memphis since we're saying goodbye sure. to them? As Keith yep. Keeve alluded to this before, having two at their peak MVP level point guards uh, is a pretty bit is a, and one of them being six foot seven in, in Penny Hardaway is a pretty good place to start for a team. So it's a shame they had to run into the one seat here, but you know, let's not. Uh, Memphis is a very good team with two super elite 
I mean, they didn't have elite careers because, like Keith said, eerily, they both had very similar injuries at very similar points in their careers. But you remember there was a lot of talk in the early in the mid '90s about Penny being the second or third best player in the NBA. Derrick Rose wins an MVP, so just not a, not a team to scoff at. But yeah, they're not beating Kentucky. Yeah, I mean Kentucky, like their last guys on their on their bench are Jamal Mashburn and Tayshawn Prince. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, Tayshawn Prince was literally the last guy on a on a dream. And we'll team, get think, to so. this later, but the depth only takes you so far. You can't play th- twelve guys every game, so uh, that'll come up later. Yeah, but 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 Jared, I need to say this entire tournament takes place in one day. So by the second and third round, you know legs are feeling a little uh, <laughs> like gel. Uh, so teams running out second units, then we have a whole different yeah, situation. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, NC State, uh, another very mediocre team who would advance in the first round. They play Ohio State. Ohio State stacked with Hall of Famers: Neil Johnston, Jerry Lucas, John Havlicek, um, uh, Arnie uh, Arnie Risen. So they have a lot of Hall of Famers in the front court. Havlicek, obviously a swingman, alongside Michael Red who, uh, like Brandon Roy, didn't play that long, but was very good when he did. Mike Conley, another contender for, uh, you know, uh, one of the better. It's, it's interesting that the best guys in the NBA to never make all-star teams are all point guards from, like, the last 20 years. And that makes it sense. It makes sense. There's yeah. always a lot of point guards who, you know, fighting for those spots. There aren't a million small forwards. I mean, now this is the first era where there's just a ton of, like, really good threes, but it, that's not so crazy, Chester. Yeah, I mean, college basketball runs good. through point guards. The best player often plays point guard. It's that's uh, not nutty. And as you know, yeah. it's like and, why and, are and, all the and, prospect shortstops and <coughs> center fielders? And, and as you know, a lot of you know, all star is very much determined by team winning. A lot. It's very hard to make the all star yeah. team when you're on a bad team, and you can have. Yeah, a, so it's right. It's prob- but Conley has traditionally been on a decent team, whereas true, Andre Miller true, was frequently true, on losing teams. True. But you can have a yeah. point guard who picks up big numbers, a la Steph Marbury, who made all star teams. But but just as an mm-hmm. example, and, and right. Well, it's also popularity contest. So, a lot, like, Andre Miller and Mike Conley always played in tiny markets, right. basically right. their whole career. Yeah. Um, by the way, Ohio State, if we do this within a year or two, uh, D'Angelo Russell will be on the team as well, uh, you know, having his uh, breakout season here uh, for the Nets. Okay, now let's get to uh, the 6-3 matchup, Marquette against Arizona. So you announced, this you know, is, you announced OSU winning that one? Yeah. Okay. Keep no dispute there, right? No, no dispute, no dispute. All right. Marquette against Arizona. This is, to me, I think probably the second best matchup uh here we have in the second round just a fantastic matchup marquette as we said uh we discussed them already you know Dwayne wade and jimmy butler sort of the highlights there arizona famous for their point guards or famous for their guards in general but you know they have a solid team all around they have um chan well they have mike bibby jason terry uh two point guards starting off the bench they have more point guards gilbert arenas damon stoudemire so they got tons of point guards steve kerr off the bench they got point guards Mm -hmm. galore uh in the front court though a little bit weaker. Andre Iguodala and Richard Jefferson, who are both, you know, swing guys, are both starting for this team just because they have no bigs. Sean Elliott off the bench, same kind of thing. Not uh, not a big, but is uh, the closest they have. At center, though, all they have is Channing Fry and Bison Dele, which I know was not his name in college. He was Brian Williams back then. But for this different Bison Dele. So Arizona is a team who I think is a better team. And this is one of my upsets. I said Arizona. Is, it's is a an interesting team, also because on much more than I think any other team we've seen so far, this is like all modern guys. Every single guy play, you know, either still plays or just retired. We saw play. Basically. We saw every one of these guys play. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I mean, Sean Elliott Chester didn't because he just th- started following. Well, well, I don't know. <laughs> Jared and I certainly saw Elliott and Chris Mills. Um, there's always a theme. There's always a make fun of Chester theme. Sometimes it's that he's, uh, you know, a Nazi. But it's absurd when it's Akiva's <laughs> biggest weakness that he's throwing at me. It's just insanity. And usually, yeah. Yeah, usually well, that's not my weakness. It's not about sports. To, it's about life. Usually, the themes, as you alluded to before, are him reflecting on himself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Keith, who do you have winning this matchup? It's really tricky because, like, Butler and Wade. 
you know, there are very few teams in history that really could find someone, uh, you know, a duo to stop those guys. And they're just better players than anybody in Arizona. Arizona has one of the best benches in this whole tournament with Kerr and Arenas and Damon, like just the point guards alone. But Elliott and Mills, I mean, those guys are instant offense off the bench. That's like a serious bench. Um, they don't have a lot of weak spots. The problem is, like, imagine a team like this going up against Georgetown because their center, uh, Iguodala is a good defender, but, you know, he's only so big. And Channing Fry is is not really a great defensive player. I think I'm going to yeah. say Marquette upsets them. They're just a more well-rounded team. Yeah, so I have Arizona in my power rankings as the 15th best uh, college uh, to produce NBA players, the 15th best team. I have Marquette as the 21st best team. I think Arizona is a better team than Marquette. They definitely have the advantage of depth. But I have Marquette advancing because it's it's not because of the backcourt. It's not because of Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. It's because of the frontcourt. Bingo. Maurice Lucas Bingo. And, and and Jim Jones. Like, who's going to stop those guys? Those guys are both going to put up 20 and 12 at least. Channing Fry can't stop anybody. I mean, Bison Daly is going to have to come in and play defense, I guess, because he's the only other center on this entire team. Aaron Gordon maybe be, turns into something in the NBA, but has been you know kind of a letdown so far for the most part. So to me, um, it's an upset, but Marquette advances. Maury, this was the only matchup that I changed. I originally had Arizona, then I looked at it again, and it became obvious to me that Marquette was the winner. Uh, they have the best player in Dwayne Wade, they have Jimmy Butler, who you hate, but is a very versatile and good player. And then, like you said, the big guys, who I admit I didn't know that much about Jim Jones, but you look him up and he's just like a solid big man. And then Maurice Lucas is a top, I don't know, you have the chart, you know, but Maurice Lucas was a 2010 guy a bunch of times. So yeah. it's too much. Doc Rivers is a very good point guard. I mean, good defensive point guard. Mark yeah, Smith. but I mean, he's the sixth best point guard in this in this game. Yeah, but I'm saying just for their team, just to run that yeah, team. Yeah, you yeah. have a guy who could run that team with a prototypical top three or four uh, shooting guard of all time, an excellent three-man in Jimmy Butler, a great power forward in Maurice Lucas. So you need a guy to run that team, and you have Doc Rivers, a perfect guy, doesn't need shots, but can play defense and facilitate the offense. Excellent, well-balanced team by Marquette takes out this little uh, non-rebounding Arizona squad. Yep. All right. Uh, now we have uh, these. So th so Arizona gets a bye, loses their first game. Uh, that's going to become a theme here because our next matchup is Georgia Tech against Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a two seed. Unbelievable that Notre Dame is a two seed. We think of them as a football school, but they've had 59 guys play in the NBA. Um, and so they, they have a lot of depth on this team, but they, they just don't really have a standard. Adrian Dantley is their best player. And Adrian Dantley, you know, granted, is, is, a, is a no question Hall of Famer, you know, put up 24 points a game over a thousand games. He's sort of a the Carmelo Anthony of the 1980s. Is I think is a fairly good comparison. Watch it. Watch it. But th that's not an insult. No, Adrian Dantley's a, a great point. A no he averaged over 30 points a game a couple times. Incredible score. Yeah, led the league in scoring. Yeah. Um. And then they have Bill Lambeer, their starting center, who you know, very underrated player uh, on those uh, Pistons in the 80s and 90s, where Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars got all you, all the all who, the uh, who you credit. famously call the best player of those teams. I, I think I said he, he was the most valuable player one of the years, I think is the way I put it. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, another guy who was on those Pistons teams, Kelly Tripuka. I've never known how to pronounce Tripuka, his name. Tripuka. 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 Yeah, you should yeah. have been following basketball then, like Jared and I were. Oh, you were following basketball in 1987, really? You have no uh, memories. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he's starting uh, in the backcourt for Notre Dame. Uh, basically, they're starting like three small forts because they have Charlie Pacuca, Adrian Danley, Orlando Woolridge, another guy from that era, like the 80s, Good scoring player. lots of points Good back player. then. Good player. Can, I, yeah. can I say that Notre Dame is the anti-Arizona, that it's such an old team? No point guard. They have no point guard. No, point guard. Austin, no modern players. The most modern player on the whole team is Troy Murphy. The second most modern player is like 
uh, LaFonso John Ellis. Paxson like, all these guys Ellis, played yeah. in the 80s. It's crazy. So, guys, this goes back to the point I said before. The, the place that we're going to find upsets are the old school teams. Notre Dame yeah. has been around forever and has been – like, you have things like City College. But it's funny win. they're City good College again. They just to win the championship in the 50s every year, right? We don't know anybody. They won the championship like, and the NIT. Right, that's what I, oh, that's what I mean. That, we know that, one person that. from City College 1950. Howard Wienicker was, uh, was in the school. <laughs> right, so I'm saying – My grandpa ba- was, was there. Ba- I think he tutored fit- one of the guys, but not the cheating tutors. Back in the fifties, yeah. the NIT, <laughs> back in the fifties, the NIT was the championship, and you had these weird, crazy teams like City College, the teams that aren't even in. I don't even know. If and they beat Bradley. Bradley is it? Bradley's uh, still a D one school, but they're one of the worst. Right, D1, right. They're in the MVC. You know, uh, who went? Who's, who's both. the best they beat player Bradley ever? Bradley in the NCAA tournament and the NIT. Guys, who's the best player ever to go to Bradley? Average uh, thirty five a game at Bradley. Uh, da, 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 da. well, it was probably then. No, I'm trying to think who it was. Who? And tell us. Hersey Hawkins. Oh, her, her, uh, Hersey Hawkins. Remember okay. with the uh, Charles Barkley. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Now the, okay. Now I, that's so obviously absurd. Hold on, hold on a second. No, no. I'm going to call you out on your bullshit because Bradley has an NBA Hall of Famer, Chet Walker, who made like seven All Star teams. Uh, best player that we would remember. Sorry, I that remember we, yeah, that he. Well, went hold on. I'm going to disagree again. That would be Danny Granger, probably. Got injured in the NBA. Hold on, but hold, Danny on Granger's- hold on. Alex Chester is not putting short career Danny Granger ahead of anybody. No, no. Hersey Hawkins had had a better cumulative NBA career than Danny Granger. Right. But Danny Granger's peak was higher than Hersey Hawkins's. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So Bradley's a solid team. Um, not in this tournament because they only <laughs> had twenty-one players in the NBA, but they're ahead of a lot of teams in, that are in this tournament. But anyway, I just wanted to make the point that you're going to find the teams that are the high seeds that get upset, or the ones yeah. that are the teams that have a long history. have been around forever. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Georgia Tech uh, beats Notre Dame, right, Keith? Yeah, no question. I mean, it just again, Georgia Tech has three, three like all-star point guards, and Notre Dame. The only point guard on their entire roster is John Paxson, who you know got rings hanging out with Michael I Jordan. I just want to say there's 90s. a lot of influencing the witness going on here when you give your you, when you give your previews of the teams. <laughs> not yeah. to say no, Keith I'm doesn't have at, a mind I'm looking of his up own, and down the but Chester as a is top top us. lawyer that you are, a lot okay. of influencing right. the witness. Let the man question. make right. his own so, decision. Okay, so so now we have a dominant matchup and I'm going to completely defer to Keeve uh, Duke against Houston so you lead off you uh, analyze this one first Keeve you're talking to right yeah Keeve sorry what did I say no you said Keeve I just was waking yeah. up yeah has he dropped off again <laughs> just in time <laughs> wait has he actually is this a joke oh no <laughs> <laughs> look what you did you asked me to let him talk you know All what right. you so talk. I'm gonna let you, you're the ma- you got it you, you have to <laughs> alright so I'm going to tee this off so Houston we already said uh, they have Akeem Olajuwon and Elvin Hayes, two you know inner circle Hall of Famers starting in the front court. They have Clyde Drexler starting alongside them in the backcourt. They have Otis Birdsong is uh, uh, you know a very good shooting guard, average eighteen points a game over his NBA career. The problem. Oh, Keeve is back. That was hilarious. I just yeah, I just yeah. I just yelled at Chester for not giving you a chance to give opinions and that he's leading the witness and all this kind of stuff. So he says, "All right, I'll turn I'll turn the table I'll turn the floor over to Keeve." Keith, go ahead. Take it away. Gone again. <laughs> and he just dropped off again. You're not going to repeat that story a third time because the listeners are very familiar <laughs> with it. <laughs> All right. So Houston, uh, you know, they have those three dominant guys. The problem is, you know, they don't have their best point guard on their roster is Damon Jones. So they're starting Otis Birdsong, you know, a shooting guard at point. Duke has been very famous throughout its history until, you know, recent years with Kyrie Irving. It's been yeah. very fa- it's been very famous for sort of having underwhelming NBA players. Right. right. Grant Hill was a superstar and they got injured and, you know, made the Hall of Fame, but not as good as he could have been. Um, 
you know, they're better, I think, than we, you know, they're better than we remember, or at least they're better than they were in the 90s because Grant Hill had a good NBA career. Carlos Boozer and Elton Brand had great, you know, they're not Hall of Famers, Listen, but, you when, know, very good long when, careers. When you recruit enough, like, one-and-done type guys, eventually some Eventually, yeah. It was back in the day. Well, the of, crazy thing is that hey, Kyrie oh, played 12 games there, and he's the best game, player wasn't now. A, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the reason to me that, that Houston, even though Houston is a team that could have went very far in this tournament, the reason they're going to fall here to Duke, in my opinion, is because Carlos Boozer, Elton Brand, and Grant Hill are obviously not as good as Akeem Olajuwon, Elvin Hayes, and Clyde Drexler, but they're close enough. Whereas Duke has Kyrie Irving starting against, like, who's the, the best point guard on Houston is Damon Jones. So it's Duke's depth and, and, and the yeah, front. Kyrie has like 40 in this game. Uh, right, Duke has enough. Duke has endless fouls with all their big guys, and they could even bring in the the long guys like Le- Dang and Maggetti. And and they have. I mean, you almost want to put Jason Tatum on this team somehow, even though Chester's not ready to do that. I mean, is Jason Tatum not a better player than Jack Marin or Mike Gaminski? I mean, no, because Jack Marin scored 15 points a game over 850 games, and Jason Tatum has scored 15 points a game over like Jared games. wouldn't have traded Jason Tatum for Kawhi four months ago. <laughs> Yeah, Jason Tatum will be NBA. on this team. Uh, Jason Tatum will be on this team, but it's going to take a few years because yeah. Duke and, and they have Redick. Like if they need a big three, like Duke is a well-rounded team with with you know. And it, let's not forget, like Hill's ultimate counting number sixteen six and four are underwhelming, but his best years were incredible. And I don't I don't know like he was so hurt. It's hard to Hill's maybe the hardest guy in this list to judge because his peaks and valleys are so right. far apart. So yeah, he's well, he's penny hard. Seems like you guys are picking Duke, yeah. which I'm upset about because I have a strong argument for Houston here, okay? Yeah, I agree I, I agree, yeah. I agree with Chester about their not having a true point guard, but what I would do with this team is I would put Clyde Drexler at the point. Clyde Drexler was a guy who averaged six assists a game for his career, was a good ball handler, good passer, good point of attack defender, and at six seven long guy is going to give Kyrie, as much as anyone can give someone like Kyrie trouble, it's a long, active, athletic defender like Clyde the Glide. You put him at the point, you move Bird... Clyde Drexler, I just want to say, NBA career at least as good as Dwayne Wade's, and yet when people talk about Dwayne Wade, idiots who don't remember anything, they just completely Clyde forget Drexler about how good Clyde Drexler is. a great Drexler underrated player, great two-way player, and I agree, one of the top five. I don't have a list in front of me, but I'll be confident that he could be... I should, he's possibly a top five shooting guard of all time, and I think he could play point, as I said, a six assists average for his... Six or six per game average for his career. You put him at the point, and you have two monsters besides him on the team. Okay, Hakeem Olajuwon is a top 15 player by anyone's metric, was a defensive maniac in the late 80s, early 90s, averaging four and a half blocks, two and a half steals a game, obviously 25 points, 13 rebounds. And Elvin Hayes is a beast too. You're talking about a 25, 15 rebound guy in his prime, five, six years in a row. These are, that, that I mean... You can make an argument for the depth of Duke, but those are three yeah, who's, super. But, I agree, superstars. but who's the fifth? But who's the fifth best player on their team? Uh, they don't That's have a lot problem. of depth. But 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 if you you're giving me three inner circle Hall of Famers that fit together yeah. well, I mean, who's going to yeah. keep Akeem and Elvin Hayes off the boards? These are two guys. They're going to you know these are two guys that are going to dominate. I mean, Elton Brand. El- Elton Brand in his peak was also, you know, a 20 and 12 Elton guy every year. And so was Carlos Boozer. Like literally like t- saying like 20.1 and 10.0 like four years in a row, some crazy thing like that. It's not exactly true, but it's something like that. But Elton Brand doesn't stand a chance. You know that against Akeem Olajuwon. He eats him alive. Elvin Hayes was an older player, but he was a tall guy. He was 6'9", athletic. I, I, I Listen, you can make... Let's argument. not forget that Akeem in his peak missed the playoffs several times. 
Hakeem was a beast. Right? You know he was a beast. Yeah. He's a top 15 no, all-time player. Elvin Hayes, yeah. another beast. Also a guy that didn't wasn't as successful in winning. And then Clyde You have three top 50 players ever on one team. How many teams can say that? So yeah. it's not crazy to pick Duke. They're the one seed, I hear you. But it's more spread out and... Also, I don't think they necessarily fit together perfectly, Duke. And Duke doesn't have good size. Carlos Boozer and Elton Brand are handling Hakeem and Hayes down low. And then, I don't know, what, Christian Leitner's going to come in and Mike Jaminski's Yeah, they don't have a true center other than Jaminski who shouldn't be playing. At the end of the day, you have to stop those two big guys in a game, right? Who is stopping those two monsters? And then you have Clyde Drexler, an incredible two-way guard who can, who's who's yeah. versatile, who could. And also, like three, Kyrie is one. so much better than the point guards, but like Kyrie's going to go to the hoop, and Hakeem's going to send that stuff into the eighth row. Exactly. exactly. So now I'm now I'm. Sort yeah, but Duke, of, but Duke also has tons of shooting, and Jeff Mullins and Grant Hill and and Mike Dunleavy and JJ Redick, and Houston yeah. has. That's not even close to the guys I'm talking about. But those are infinitely better. Again, other the top three players on Houston are as good as the top three of any team in this tournament. Nobody's disputing that. But that carries the day. I, ba- only five guys are on a court at a time in a basketball game. If you have three yeah, but, top but 35 seen, players but, ever, but we've you're going to win the teams, game. No, because we've seen teams with that have three or four superstars fall apart because the fifth guy on their team is such garbage. Like like Oklahoma City. When they had hard now are these forty minute games like college or forty eight like the pros because it matters. No, these the are, no, these are NBA. These are NBA games. So NBA rules in all respects. Game. All right, so the bench. It's the matter. it's it's the NBA three point line, right? Akeem can't be you know blocking shots on both sides of the court. He's not mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> oh, listen, Otis Otis Bird. Oh, he's now Mitchell Robinson. Otis Birdsong on Houston is a twenty point score in his own right. That's another guy who can who can score from a guard position. You know, yeah, nobody already... on this team averaged three assists per game in their career except for Clyde Drexler. Yeah, yeah. Then I said they don't. Who's, have who's a handling guard. the ball I'm for playing, this team? Pl- yeah. I trust Clyde to play the point. Could that, All right. Could that so Clyde up? plays thirty minutes. In the other eighteen minutes, Houston's a minus forty. Yeah, Kyrie Irving goes bonkers. And to me, this is That's very, very close. But oh, it is very close. I wanted to Duke. I wanted to make Duke lose. I did, but it just yeah. You know, I'm it, picking it's Duke. But I, to me, it's a it, Duke wins at the buzzer on a on a on a Kyrie jumper. This matchup yeah. is what this tournament is all about. So I, I defer. Yeah. Duke takes the win. All right, okay. Illinois against Michigan State. Uh, uh, Michigan State should make quick work of Illinois. Illinois, as we discussed before, Duran Williams, their best player, Red Kerr, decent big man. Uh, Michigan State has Kevin Willis, who you guys will dismiss because he played forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. They also have Zebo, so that is a very solid front court. Again, the problem with Illinois, as we said, is Red Kerr is the only player on this team who's like more than six foot seven. <coughs> Kevin Willis and Zebo, one of them can be covered by Red Kerr in the 1950s. The other one, yeah, is I mean, Magic crazy. is taller than that. Yeah, and then and then Michigan State in the backcourt they have Steve Smith and oh by the way they have Magic Johnson who's a thousand times better than any player yeah. on this team and, and that's and Draymond. Draymond Draymond Green Ralph Simpson who scored a lot of points um, you know uh, in the ABA uh, mm-hmm. Scott Skiles you know when Magic Johnson has to rest for eight minutes I mean Michigan yeah. State is easily winning this game I agree disaster yeah. and I, and that and I, that's, I'm frustrated that Houston has to be eliminated and this bum Illinois team is even still around. Well, that's how the bracket works. Yeah, like, yeah. And they're not around. I mean, they lost in the same round. Yeah, I mean, right. Wake Forest got killed yeah, Wake in their Forest first game, and they have yeah. two top you're 20 right. guys all time. You're right. You're right. Yeah, Michigan I'm State. Still uh, I'm still salty. Michigan State and Duke uh, playing in the uh, next round is incredible matchup, but we will get to that. All right, USC against Syracuse. Um, so we discussed USC already. They are a very well-rounded team. Uh, Syracuse, the higher seed, but I think not as good a team. Syracuse obviously has Carmelo Anthony. And they have Dave Bing, who's a Hall of Famer. And they have Derek Coleman and Ronnie Cycli up front. But the problem is that 
USC also has, you know, USC has all those amazing guards. We talked about Bill Sharman in the Hall of Fame. DeMar DeRozan might get there one day, probably not. Gus Williams and Paul Westfall, who made all NBA teams several times. Syracuse has nobody. Sherman Douglas is their starting point guard, and their bench is all big men. Like, Michael Carter-Williams is, like, the, the, the second point guard on Syracuse. So I think that Vucevic and Cliff Robinson and Taj Gibson, you know, they're going to get outplayed a little bit by, by Derek Coleman, but I think they'll hold it pretty close. And the backcourt for USC is much better. But wait, however, Stephen A. Smith, however, I have Syracuse pulling off the upset. And the reason is because Carmelo Anthony, when he was at Syracuse, unlike in the NBA, an incredible leader. And even though this is NBA, he gets inspired by putting on that orange uniform again. And I have Syracuse pulling off the upset. So um, how's that for you who think I hate uh, Carmelo? I'm not sure yet. So uh, Syracuse has two very similar guys from different eras. Uh, do you want to say who I'm talking about, Jared? You mean they have the, two guys, two guys that are similar uh, on Syracuse that are, are very simple, to, very similar to each other. Let me look. The same guy, different era. I'm not sure. I'll, what you I'll mean. say. I'm not sure. Billy you Owens mean. and Billy Owens and Dion Waiters. They're instant offense, like six men oh, off the I bench. I didn't think that because Billy Owens was a much bigger brute kind of player. He, a bigger player, yeah. but he was also did play defense and would come in and score twelve points in like yeah. four minutes, yeah. and then he wouldn't play the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah. Syracuse um, also has a Jew, Danny Shays. Yeah, they have a better bench. Uh, Wes Johnson, you know, looked like he would be a good player. Keith, make your really own decision on this one. Don't listen to his. I'm preview. no. I'm really. I'm really tight on this one. One of the this issues is, is like Vooch can. Vooch could end up being a superstar, and I think that tilts it in USC's favor, but I think right now I'm going with Syracuse. Do you guys remember wow. Ronnie Cycli is not a – I mean, he was a good center back when we were kids following the game. Yeah, isn't he from yeah. Lebanon? Uh, yes, I think so. I'm not 100%. That yeah. sounds familiar. Yeah, he had good Lebanon hair. could be good with Kerr and Cycli. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, does Kerr play for the Lebanon team? I think Cycli was the guy who asked um, some, like, one of, the, one of the Bulls, how do you do it? How do you make the playoffs every year? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like – like it must be so boring. Like my season ends in April, and it's amazing. You guys have to play for two more months for no more money. Right. It's like, he, oh yeah, that's why Ronnie Cycli was kind of a crappy pro. And then he was lounging the by the Mediterranean Sea all, all yeah. summer. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say, Ro- all right, it is a good point. So we players are not really paid. Ronnie Cycli is similar to Vooch. I know Vooch is having a breakout year right now because he learned how to shoot the three. But they're both kind of very similar kind of players. They're both very solid. almost double double guy. No, Vooch's ceiling is much higher than Cycli's ceiling. I don't know. Cycli was a good player. I'm telling you, Cycli was a good player. I think I mean, he's pretty close. Look, Vuce's PR is 20. Cycli's was 16. Vuce already has more win shares than Cycli, and you know his career has a lot more ahead of yeah, it. Obviously, maybe you're right, but it's so. cool. it's a good. Ma- I mean, they match up together. Nobody's necessarily dominating that matchup. It's a good. It's a very even matchup, right? Yeah, but Derek Coleman, by the way, it's going to be very hard. I think for USC to, to stop. Derek Taj Coleman Gibson was a beast. To... Okay, Derek Coleman didn't. Yeah. Did Derek Coleman fell short of what he should have been in his career, but Derek Coleman. But he's still a good player. Was a very yeah. very good player for a long time. So Carmelo, so just. Just in terms of, go ahead, go ahead. You know, so just in terms of the rankings, I have USC 14 and Syracuse 22. So this is actually a slightly bigger upset for Syracuse than Marquette's upset over Arizona. Well, who but, does, um, I don't we think have, he announced his winner yet. No, he said. He said he's picking Syracuse yeah, right now. I pick now. Syracuse. I pick okay. Syracuse. Well, I'm in a couple of years, as Vooch keeps improving, it probably becomes harder to justify that. This was a very, very hard matchup for me, but Carmelo Anthony, you can make fun of him all you want. He's out of the league now. He stinks, blah, 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 blah. Carmelo Anthony at his peak was a guy who was unstoppable. You ask almost any 
three or four man in the NBA over the last 15 years, who is the hardest guy to guard? They either say Tracy McGrady or Carmelo Anthony. They don't say Carmelo because they, they, whatever, it may, not, it may not have been efficient. It may have been from the mid-range. He may have this, that. He didn't play defense. Carmelo Anthony was an unstoppable offensive player in this game, and he's a go-to guy who you need in a do-or-die game like this. So forget his deal at Syracuse. We don't have to go back to Syracuse. We can go back to 11 straight playoff appearances in the NBA, including from his rookie year through his first three years with the Knicks. You can go through a guy who finished his career averaging 24 All right, games. enough of your Carmelo Anthony love. All right, we already picked Syracuse with the upset. All right, done. Moving on. <laughs> okay, Keeve, who is going to lose to Kansas? Is it going to be Cal or is it going to be Texas? Because we were tied 1-1. Oh, okay. one and this is going to be our last bracket. one. This is the end of the lower bracket. I think this is the end of today, and we're going to have to come back next week and, and finish the final 24. Well, we gotta finish. We gotta finish the Sweet Sixteen. We can't be. We can't be in the. Or the, the we gotta. Yeah, we gotta round out the rest of the Sweet Sixteen. We can't. Well, we got eight have more like, matchups, don't we? Yeah. Well, all right. So who do you we'll have to see just when my wife starts banging on the door? Yeah. Um, Cal or Texas? Okay, so Texas. Just to go over it again: Lasalle Thompson, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge, Durant, Slater, Martin, uh, who's in the Hall of Fame, and uh, and Johnny Moore, and they have a ton of active guys. Texas because they weren't good until. Uh, Rick Barnes got there. So they have Tristan Thompson, TJ Ford, Augustine Bradley, Turner, Tucker, and Joseph, and Jared Allen. Those are uh, literally all modern guys. And then we have um, Cal, who has Sharif Abdurrahim, Ryan Anderson. Obviously the best player in Jason Kidd. They have KJ. Not oh, a hold great on, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's the best player. Oh, you're right, you're right. I was just looking at yeah. Cal Berkeley. Um, not a great group of guys, Jason Kidd and Kevin Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best guys in the backcourt. I don't know what yeah. they're teaching them at Berkeley, but uh, um, and they have no depth. I mean, they got they got scrubs like Leon Poe and 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 uh, and Francisco Elson, like actual like NBA scrubs. Yeah. Um, and Chenier, one of the uh, like most un- unknown, like you know, seventeen, eighteen point scorers. Good player, good player, good player. All right, <clears throat> this is going to be our last uh, our last matchup of the day. As my sons are knocking on the door. Um, if you guys, by the way, want to do the next eight and then just have me break the ties when we start next week, we could do that also. Um, Keith, can I, I just want to give one little thing for, for Cal here. My, my no, 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 no. This is a first-round matchup in the middle of the second round. Keith, just announce the winner. Is it Texas or Cal? I think, ta- I think Durant – it's funny because if you remember uh, Texas in the tournament with Rick Barnes coaching, they lost by 20 with Durant, and Durant was already amazing. It wasn't like Durant wasn't good till he came – like Durant by the time he was, you know – uh, in the in in March of his freshman year was absolutely incredible, and they lost by twenty in that second round matchup. I think it was a four or five matchup because Barnes is so incompetent. Even though now he somehow became a great coach, um, I'm going to go with Texas. I just think they I think Durant leads them to a victory in this round. All right, yeah. So Texas wins two nothing, and everything Jared said is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, and then Texas is going to lose to Kansas, obviously. Yes. And then yes. Akeem's going to drop off. Texas has Kevin Durant, but uh, Kansas has Will Chamberlain, Will Chamberlain and other Hall of Famers. Yeah, three yeah. Hall of Famers plus Paul Pierce. I, it's a tough matchup. And Danny Manning is a great player for this tournament also. And, by the way, uh, you know, Chester's a clown, but, uh, you know, so he wouldn't start Joel Embiid. But, the uh, you know, Embiid is obviously uh, could, could dunk on Will Chamberlain's grave. I mean, he's so much better than him. Uh, yeah, so. well, don't get Jared. Don't get, right, no, Jared Jerome believes for, every single lie that uh, that Will Chamberlain ever said. So, <laughs> all right, Keith. So you're going to drop off again. Jared and I are going to finish uh, the thrifty. Kansas 32. also like could make two teams closer than almost any other team, right? Kansas has so many guys who could have made the other teams. Yeah, like the Morris yeah. Twins, Josh Jackson. Yeah. 
All right, so Kansas advances, and uh, Keeve, I will talk to you next week. See you next week, guys. Thank you. All right, Jared, uh, let's do the other side and uh, get the final four, uh, eight entrance, excuse me, into the Sweet 16. UCLA against DePaul. You know, we said before DePaul has four top 50 all-time players, and George Mikan, obviously, an all-time, all-time top player. But uh, George Mikan has to cover Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is bad news for George Mikan. And UCLA, and we'll discuss them more in their next matchups, but, you know, uh, their starting lineup, I have, first of all, they have, they have so many Hall of Famers. They, they have like three Hall of Famers coming off the bench. But I'm starting Kevin Love, Marcus Johnson, elite defense. Marcus Johnson, one of the most underrated players of all time. Reggie Miller, obviously as good a shooter as has ever been. Russell Westbrook, and off the bench, Hall of Famer Gail Goodrich, Hall of Famer Jamal Wilkes, Hall of Famer Bill Walton, Baron Davis, Sven Ayer, Kiki Vandewick, Drew Holiday. I just snuck on as the 12th guy on this team because I like his point guard defense. Sidney Wicks is a guy who averaged 17 and 9 forever, is in my all time top 250, can't even make the UCLA roster. So, uh, you know, whereas off the bench we have for DePaul, their top guy is Dave Corzine. I have, pl- so I have, UCLA, pl- I have plenty to say for UCLA. I'm going to save it for later rounds. Yeah. Yeah. So UCLA, obviously an easy win there. Um, all right. Georgetown, Villanova. This is a 4 5 matchup, but Georgetown is going to throttle Villanova. You know, not even much. Villanova has Paul Arizin, the first great small forward in the NBA. I think he retired. He was the NBA's all-time leading scorer, if I recall correctly, the day that he retired. Yeah. They also have Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. a very good point guard. Kerry Kittles. Uh, Kittles. Tim yeah, Thomas. Tim Thomas, big a good stretch four. Big disappointment, but yeah. Yeah, well, he signed that big, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, but okay, Georgetown, like, Tim Thomas is going to cover who? Ewing, Matumbo, or Mourning? Well, How's that going to work? agreed, but you're not playing Matumbo Ewing and Morning together either. So I- yeah, you are. Again, we're not playing 2019 basketball. For all of NBA history, the, all those three would have been on the court together because no one would have been able to come anywhere near the basket. They would have been hacked to death. No, but also, who are they going to guard, right? You can't leave. I mean, they're going to guard. Again, they're going to shut down the entire paint. Those are three so inner circle. Go, who's going to guard just- the three point line or the 15 foot jumper? Hold on a second. Patrick Ewing, Alonzo Mourning, and Dikemi Matumbo, their arms are going to stretch from three-point line to three-point line. <laughs> That's not literally true. Listen, I obviously, uh, this is an well, absolute... Hold on. It is, it is literally true. They each have a wingspan of at least seven feet, well, at least, at right? More, much more, yeah. Yeah, let's say eight feet each, so that's 24 feet across. There's no way you can get within. The only way to beat Georgetown is to have five three-point shooters. That's interesting. Because so, there is. I, 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 again, Georgetown. This is a clear, obviously, dominate domination by Georgetown versus Villanova. But, yeah, but Georgetown will run into trouble, but it's not coming against Villanova. But later, I am going to use Georgetown in a different way. I'm not using all three of those guys. We can get into my specific lineups later. All right. But. So you're going to have Hall of Famers on the bench. They can start scrubs. All right. We'll, eh, we'll discuss it. We'll when see. We get there. It'll make sense. You'll see. All right, okay. Uh, we have UNLV against Michigan. Uh, Michigan is a three seed. Uh, they're facing their first matchup against UNLV. Heavy favorites here is Michigan, I think. Michigan, obviously, the Fab Five is prominently involved in this team. They have Chris Weber, uh, Jalen Rose both starting. Jawan Howard is the first guy off the bench. The only problem for this team is they don't really have a point guard, which was kind of the problem for the Fab Five. So Jamal Crawford is the starting point guard so for this team. So I address the way I address that is Jalen Rose plays point guard. Jalen Rose was a point yeah. guard in college and played a lot of point yeah. guard in the NBA. He, since he was six seven, six eight, he's listed as small forward. Jalen Rose could definitely play the point guard. Well, but but no, but I don't. When I, I they don't have guards. Period. Yes, I'm starting Jalen Rose in the backcourt along with Jamal Crawford. Right, the fine, only other Jamal guard. Crawford's a shooting guard. So there's your point guard yeah. and shooting guard. And you have Glenn Rice, yeah. who's also who's a, a dynamic shooter. So that's fine. Their backcourt is fine. Yeah, the, well, it's not though because they the, they only have one other guard on their entire roster, Ricky Green. Well, I guess their their entire bench is forwards. Look at their yeah, bench. Yeah. Now, if Tim Hardaway Jr. or Trey Burke, you know, become something in the NBA, then that would help them. Or Karis Levert, 
who well, you know even, looks well, like he's Trey a, Burke won't become something. Tim Hardaway Jr. Carlos are solid players, but they're also wings, so they don't have. But for wings, those are solid wings. I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a great player, but he's a guy who can score from the wing. Yeah, Carlos I mean, Ricky Green is a solid. Ricky Green averaged five and a half assists per game over almost a thousand NBA games. Yeah, they have they have so, they have guys who can. They don't have point guards. They don't have point guards. They don't well, but guards. but again, but none of Hardaway Burke or Levert are on the team yet, right? Right. So that's right, the problem. Right. Yeah. So in a few years, but but Michigan definitely has enough. There's no disputing that right. okay. to, to beat UNLV. Agreed. Okay. All right. And then uh, we have Akiva's beloved UConn going against Louisville. Louisville is a two seed. Let's knock UConn out when he's not here. That'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's knock him out 2 nothing. I would love to, but <laughs> Louisville is so g- – Louisville makes Notre Dame look like an elite two seed. Louisville is a garbage team, and it's shocking. Yeah. First of all, it's shocking that Louisville has had this many players, and then it's shocking how bad they are. But they have Wes Unseld, Hall of Famer, who I think his rookie season was both rookie of the year and MVP. But other than that, this team like really sucks. Like they've had sixty players in the NBA. So once again, Donovan Mitchell, why do I keep saying? Why is Louisville a two seed? Because yeah, they've been around forever. But Jack Coleman played a long time ago. I mean, Rodney McRae, Daryl Griffith. Ago. Jack Coleman played a long time ago. Daryl Griffith played a long time ago. Butch Beard played a long time ago. Has Jay anyone Griffith heard of half these guys? Ago. Yeah. All these guys played a long time ago. Now the question is, why couldn't uh, why couldn't um, what's his name, the coach uh, Patino, recruit any better NBA players? I mean, basically, besides, you know, so that you would think, I agree with you, you would think they would have some more contemporary star players, and they don't. They don't. But they have a lot yeah, of... Well, they have Donovan Mitchell on the way up. Right, Donovan Mitchell's the guy, and that's not even a Patino guy. Yeah, so. and, they, and, they have, and they have Harrell, you know, who's the best player in the Clippers right now. Well, that's because he's a, so. that's because he's a role five man, your favorite thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Louisville, in a few years, if Donovan Mitchell becomes an all-star, then you have the inside-outside game between him and Wes Unseld, although Unseld was not much of an offensive yeah. player. He was like a poor man's uh, Bill uh, uh, Bill Russell. Right. But, yeah, Louisville is going to fall pretty easily. So, we uh, unfortunately, key, but Louisville's not giving us much to work with. Yeah, so UConn-Michigan, that'll be a good matchup in the next round, and Keeve will be back, and we know who he's going to pick. All right, uh, let's roll through the last bracket pretty quickly. UNC... You know, I don't even need to go through their whole roster. I'm just going to say it's Michael Jordan, and Tennessee has nobody who can even handle that. So UNC obviously going to win. We'll discuss them more later. Right. And Minnesota is a four seed, and uh, unfortunately, as much as I would like to give them a chance in hell, they're going against LSU, and so they have no chance in hell. But let's talk about Minnesota just for a second. Oh, yeah. Just uh, patronize me. Yes, yes. So, um, okay, so obviously you have uh, Kevin McHale is your best player, but you also have Lou Hudson, who's a borderline Hall of Famer, who yes. uh, was 20 points a game forever. In the seventies, <clears throat> Michael Thompson, father of Clay Thompson, who w- Michael Thompson is one of the more overrated players, I think. Number one pick in underrated the draft. players, excuse me. Yeah, well, because he was a number one pick in the draft, he's seen as a bust. But he played almost a thousand games yeah. and put up fourteen and seven. That's not that's and, uh, nothing and to sneeze at. Championship team, so winning player who maybe maybe didn't yeah. ha- maybe didn't have to do as much as he could have done. That is possible. I mean, he's before our time, but that's possible. That's possible with him. Yeah. Um, and then Minnesota has in the backcourt. They also have a couple of very underrated uh, combo guards. Ray Williams, who I think was on your Knicks in the '80s, yes, and made some All Star teams. You know, well, was not Jacobson? great off the court. He didn't make the squad. Remember Sam Jacobson? He was on that. Uh... Yeah, of course I remember Sam Jacobson. Not a Jew, although uh, often mistaken for well, one. Jacobson E N. That was J A C O B S E N. No, it was O N. It's spelled the. It's spelled Are you sure? not the Scandinavian way. Are you yeah. Sure? Okay. You're questioning me on Minnesota. Um, and Archie Clark, another guy sort of like Ray Williams, although a, a decade earlier. So Minnesota's a solid team. Bobby Jackson, my favorite college player of all time, who was a fantastic sixth man, great defensive point guard for the Kings and other teams in the early aughts. Trent Tucker, who uh, you know was on your Knicks, of course, a three-point shooter. Vashawn Leonard, another three-point shooter who was on the Heat in the 90s when they were you know killing the Knicks. Chris Humphreys, who married a Kardashian. He's the last guy on the bench. Minnesota, not terrible, but you know Shaq and, and Bob Pettit 
Again, best case scenario, Kevin McHale stops one of them. Michael Thompson is not stopping By Shaq. Jacobson, Ian. Jacobson was Ian. Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. Am I wrong about a, a member of the... Look it, uh, Look it up, baby. No, he's not. It's uh, Sam Jacobson Owen. No. I'm a, I'm 100% Casey correct. Jacobson. I'm on his... Casey J- Oh, I'm looking at the wrong Jacob. My bad. I was thinking of Stanford's Casey Jacobson. You're right. That's what I was thinking. Oh. Sorry. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Anyway. Same time. Um, same yeah. everybody. Yeah. Wrong, wrong guy. All right. Anyway, so um, LSU obviously advances over Minnesota. So Minnesota, another uh, one and done team coming off a bye. Now we have St. John's against Maryland. That's my uh, a squad. Couple of school- another old, long time yeah. school that doesn't have good pros, but it's been around forever. So similar to the, some of the other examples we brought up. Yeah. So St. John's. Now they don't. You know they don't have nothing. Right. Let's be fair. They have. Well, most famously, obviously, they have Chris Mullen. Right. And they have uh, Meta World Peace, who went by uh, Ron Artest when he was at St. John's. And Mark Jackson, Mark ja- I mean, a legit long, long-time point guard. I mean, one, I think he's like top five all-time in assists, maybe three or four. So, yeah. I think not, when he retired, he was number one, maybe? Uh, or, or no, because yeah, he retired after John Stockton, okay. so John there's no Stockton way that's possible. No, he passed Magic because he was talking about that on the on – the, on the broadcast last night, when they were talking about LeBron passing Jordan, Mark Jackson talked about when he passed oh, Magic he for assists. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's right. He did. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so St. John's has, um, yeah. So they have Chris Mullen, Mark Jackson, Metal World Peace in the backcourt. They're starting Leroy Ellis and Billy Paltz in the frontcourt. Both played a thousand games. Uh, you know, not a lot of offense from either one of those guys. Yeah, but you know what? Coming they, off the, they have some offense. I mean, they have a little, not a ton. Chris Mullen. Very good offensive player, obviously. Averaged 25 a game one year, was on the Dream Team. Obviously, probably the worst player in the Dream Team, but nonetheless, very good scorer. Well, Christian Leitner, Mark Jackson's yeah. a guy who could definitely run a team. Uh, Ron Artest, great defensive player. Very good o- overall player. Uh, so you don't need a t- – Malik Seeley off the bench gave you scoring for a short period of time. Not a great yeah. team, obviously. But they're, Rest in peace. And their big men are not nothing to speak of. Again, but way before our time, Billy Paltz and Leroy Ellis, but they were good rebounding big guys. So they're at least guys that can like hold down the paint and like you know. Yeah, but let's talk about job. some of these other long time. So they have Kevin Lowry, who um, also went to Boston College, who you know scored 15 points a game, played a long career. Dick McGuire, who's a Hall of Famer for his various contributions, but was a solid. He's a very good backup point guard. Max Zaslavsky, who was like the, the first great scorer in the in the ABL in like 46, 47, right, so 48, something like that. These are guys that are just out of my. These are so such old guys and nondescript guys that I don't. I'll admit I don't even know that much about them yeah but they're in their era they're I, so you know st john's i definitely have them beating maryland me too me too maryland me just too. I was yeah. killing st john's but they who, beat maryland maryland's not that good who, and by the way jason, who's, jason who's scoring williams, for maryland other than stevie franchise jason williams was good too jason williams had a stretch you could look at his career numbers they weren't good but he had a stretch not so good for cab drivers on the nets remember those years yeah. with him we averaged like 13 14 rebounds a game i think yeah. so anyway. not so good for for uh for t- cab drivers though no unfortunately no, no, no. Yeah. All right. So St. John's advances over here. And the final spot in our Sweet 16, does it go to Cincinnati or Indiana? Uh, not much of a competition here. Cincinnati, as we said, you know, a, a solid team. But Indiana just has too many guys from too many eras. And they're only getting better because uh, Victor Oladipo, when he comes back healthy, will uh, make the starting lineup. For now, he's coming off the bench. The starting lineup, they have Hall of Famers, Walt Bellamy and George McGinnis in the front court. Both average 20 points and uh, you know double-digit rebounds for their careers. Isaiah Thomas, obviously the leader of this team. And the Van Arsdale twins, are were they twins or not? I don't think they were. Yes. I'm, uh, I should check. They I were. Should, I should check. All right. 
Anyways, Tom and Dick Van Arsdale, whose you know career is very similar. One played 921 games in the regular season. One played 929. Yeah. Although Dick actually has twice as much win shares yeah, as, well, as Tom for whatever reason. Do you have any insight into that? What's the deal with that? Well, I was Dick must have been a great defensive player, and Tom couldn't play any defense. That's the only thing I can. Yeah, think well, of. Dick. All, well, yeah, Dick played for for better teams also. But um, so those two right now are the starting swingmen, I'm Eric putting, Gordon I'm and Victor. Oladipo Ol- in that starting lineup. I don't care where you ranked. I mean, Oladipo clearly. Well, is- let's see if he could even come back. You know, he's had one good season in the NBA so far. So let's you know. Hmm. All right. Yeah, but um, yeah, but it's not crazy, and he'll be there soon. You, you got a poker chips there? What, what what are you shuffling in your hand? No, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> to apologize. All right, so Indiana is going to advance. So uh, next week's podcast, we will wrap this up. We will do uh, the Sweet Sixteen, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, and our championship round. Uh, just to remind listeners, and we will post this uh, online in the Facebook group. But right now, our uh, Elite Eight are. Excuse me, our Sweet 16 is Kentucky against Ohio State, Marquette against Georgia Tech, a little bit of an upset there, Duke against Michigan State, going to be a monster matchup, Syracuse against Kansas, and then on the other side, we have UCLA against Georgetown, a dynamite matchup, Michigan against UConn, a matchup people have strong opinions about, UNC against LSU, that is going to be an amazing matchup, and St. John's against Indiana. So those are our 16 teams. Jared, thanks for coming on. Uh, how did you enjoy yourself today? It was it was good. It was good, and I think it's only going to get better as the teams as these matchups really turn it up a notch in the next. Uh, how many how many matchups did we do exactly today? Well, we started with forty eight teams, and now we have sixteen left. Right, so we did thirty one matchups. Right, or no, thirty two. Excuse me, we have thirty two losers. Oh, we did thirty two. Right. Oh, yeah, right. okay. okay. Sixteen in the first round, sixteen okay. in the second round. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So and we have fifteen to go. This is this is a trek to get through, but uh, yeah. Well, no, I loved it. It's great good stuff yeah it was great we uh, had less keeve than normal so can't complain about that <laughs> <laughs> he, do you think maybe do you think maybe his um service conveniently crapped out whenever the kind of the spotlight came on to him that was kind of the uh the feel i was getting there every time it came to him or it was one of his topics suddenly he disappeared for sure and then he showed up again and then he showed up again for you know a maryland stanford or something you know what i mean so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A little questionable for a for a uh, podcasting veteran like Keeve. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how he redeems uh, the podcasters. Podcaster. <laughs> All right, Jared. Uh, so we will speak to you next week, unless the listeners uh, tell us to bring uh, another third guest on instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I made such a good impression. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.